This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Everybody, Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Great to be here with you. Um, I'm trying to get myself here dialed in on the YouTube feed for all you people on the radio. Um, sorry. Maybe a restart. All right. <clears throat> all right. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Let's get our heads right on a Tuesday. I thought it was Wednesday when I woke up, so I've been a little bit out of sorts uh, all morning. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's the executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. You know, <clears throat> we have a uh, different show open for every day of the week yeah, now. Yeah, I love it. And from 6 a.m. when it starts, some of the songs kick in at different times. Yes. One song is 30 seconds in, one song's 45 seconds in, one song's a minute in yeah. before we start actually talking. And I have to time that out. We have a countdown, a one-minute countdown on our YouTube page, and I was thinking, all right, it's Wednesday, so that means it's Jim Morrison. <laughs> we have an hour. Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> we have 15 minutes to get that thing And then going. I started hearing uh, Foreigner, I go, nope, <laughs> it's, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. Yeah, it Indeed. is Tuesday. It, it, yeah. I'm telling you, man, January is not going to end. I'm pretty sure. To my left is Benjamin Higgins. Good morning, Benjamin. Good start today, boys. We yeah, got uh, three really? hours and 58 minutes to go until 10 o'clock. Really hot. <laughs> I uh, got a phone call yesterday from our beloved, beloved leader, uh, Adam Klug, and he's like, hey. And I go, oh, What do wow. we do now? What do we do now? He just wanted to shoot the breeze and catch up. But he said, he goes, look, I know that it's slow right now. I know that the off season has been boring. Uh, he said, but he goes, I got to tell you. 
your audience is still showing up. You you guys had huge streaming numbers yesterday. I go, we did. This is the worst show we've ever done. Like that is terrible. <laughs> that is absolutely terrible. Ben was but just talking about sex toys, sex toys, and, and his deviant, deviant behavior, and just orgasmic you know, revelation. Exactly, exactly. What was the uh, password again, Polly? The uh, the code to sign up to get ten percent. The promo code. The promo code. Lubed. Lubed. Yeah. So, I, and I said, well, I, I mean, I guess that's good to know. Um, I, Lick, I'll just be honest with you guys. I, I try to be as honest as I can. I would understand if you guys wanted to just bail and come back uh, when the baseball season starts. I would like to do that. If I did not have to be here right now, I absolutely would not be. Did, I, it's so did, slow. We did this like three years ago. It was my favorite thing. We came back. We did the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl's on a Sunday. We came back. We did a show on Monday. And I think we even did a show on a Tuesday, and then we took the next eight days off <laughs> and came back when pitchers and catchers reported. It's so weird to me too because it's like the beginning of the year. You know, you want to come come charging out of the gates, and and we have, and it's good. And look, I love being here. This is a great gig. But when you're when you're perusing over uh, the sports world and going, I can't even find anybody that's gotten in trouble at all. No one's even get you know like one arrest. For don't do this. It is. It's lean out there, and uh, Major League Baseball certainly not doing us any favors. Uh, I mean, I saw a trade come down last night, and I dove headlong into it. Not even it has nothing to do with either of the te- you know it, it, any teams I like. I couldn't care less about either of these teams. But I'm like, oh, Jorge Polanco on the move. So we'll get to that in its entirety uh, today. I'm sure it's just a really really slow time. So I do appreciate you guys being here. The insults are already flying on the YouTube chat. I don't know why. Uh, Grand Vino asks, why is Ben dressed like a seven-year-old? I had the same shirt in second grade. I, can, I like this shirt. I this, uh, this is, uh, you, it's a black, um, you know, two-button shirt. I like a, a polo, polo shirt, shirt with uh, two blue stripes, a thicker, darker blue stripe and a lighter blue stripe. Kind of a, got a tennis quality to it, except it's black. A little golf tennis. Well, yeah. I've always liked this shirt. Don't know what's the problem with it. Is there is there something wrong with my shirt? I don't. I didn't okay. think that at all. You wear way worse clothes than that. Thanks. Way <laughs> worse clothes than that. I Thank mean, you. that's actually one of the better shirts I've seen you wear. Well, Paulie so. said that Adam needed a picture of us, so I wanted something that I thought would look good in a photograph. Uh, uh, yeah, we have to take a picture together today. I still don't know why. I have no I don't idea. Either. I have no idea. Uh, EST3 says, let's do an everyone roast each other show. I don't have it in me, man. I really, if you guys want to call. Don't we do that every day? Yeah, don't we do it enough? Uh, yeah, Justin says, you're looking good, Ben. And I think you are. You are. You're looking fine. Thank you. I had to ask, ask the wife about the beard. You guys haven't commented on the beard. It's a scraggly for me. It's long and longer than I, it's ever been, really. What do you think? Yay or nay? It's, if I, if you stand far away, if I'm far away, it looks good. Up close, when you get close, you can see how like patchy and gray and, but I said, do you like it? And she said, yeah, I do. It's funny. I, I didn't notice before you pointed it out that it's a little bit longer. You yeah. always have a something. bit of a There's beard. I, I really don't concern myself with how long it is. I mean, until you get to Justin Turner territory, that and then I'm going to go, happen. all right, this is something needs to be done here, Woodsy. No, that's Whether it's, uh, you know, very, very lightly, you know, just a little bit of hair on your face or a little bit more not a huge concern to me i i stay out of other people's business for the and most their facial part. hair yeah yeah but you like you don't stay out of other people's no business i mean look much. we're in the we're in the uh the business of of noticing things and saying 
oh, that's an interesting new set of glasses, or like that's our whole that's our whole job. Don't you think? I am probably notice. in the wrong industry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the business of noticing. Well, things. I mean, this has got to be killing you because sports right now is just brutal. I mean, it's brutal. It's always tough after the the playoff. You know, we got that two week lag to the Super Bowl and just kind of waiting for Padres to make a move. And you know, every day that goes by is just another day where you just turn into a you just turn into like a nihilist. I mean, you're just like nothing good is ever going to happen. <laughs> and it's a terrible feeling and uh you see guys come off the board, guys that you guys that if somebody put a gun to your head and they said you have to have him on your team 6 months ago, you go, I don't want that guy. Are you kidding? Now that he's up, I'm like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, what are we doing here? Guys are falling off the board every day. Aaron Hicks probably going to be an all-star. Aaron Hicks is dropping 30 bombs in in Anaheim next year uh, for nothing, by the way. So you do kind of wonder what the the guys are up to down there at Petco Park, and we'll figure it out. You know, we'll figure it out. Ben did make the point um, last week, I think, of, you know, you don't really have to have a, a roster done now. You know, you have to, your roster's ever changing. I get it. And I think, you know, you're right. But it's also okay to be a little bit panicked about what's going on as guys continue to come off the board. Report this morning that Justin Turner is about to sign with the Blue Jays. Now, that's from John Morosi. He really biffed the Shohei news. So we'll see uh, if that holds up today. But yeah, we are. It's now official, according oh, to John Morosi. There you go. Justin, so Justin Turner, Turner, Blue Jays in agreement on one year deal. Like, I, if you told me six months ago, Justin Turner is going to be a Padre, I would have kicked, kicked something. <laughs> Now I'm like, oh, my God, he would have mashed here. He would have absolutely mashed. He would have been that veteran leader that we need. And uh, so he's he's off the board now as well. But, uh, yeah, interesting uh, interesting times. Not really in the uh, the world of baseball. Yesterday was one of those brutally, brutally long days. Just a long Monday. Just a long-ass Monday. And I got into bed at 730 and I was just cash. I, I was probably asleep by eight. I came home. I went from here to the gym, home to the sick. Taylor was homesick, so we had that. And sick finger quotes. I mean, the kid was running around like he was fine. Uh, tried to put him down for a nap. Then we had to take them both to swim class. Come home, feed them. You know, put them to bed. I was so cashed when I got into bed last night. And uh, you know, nothing on TV. It was just one of those kind of dark, dull. Mondays. I know you worked last night. I did. You're still sore from fantasy camp. Though. I feel better now. Are you finally yeah. recovering a little better. bit? It's uh, getting back in the gym felt good. I felt like kind of a load because I didn't do anything last week at all. But got back in the gym yesterday. They had some water damage in our gym with the uh, the rain, so they had to tear kind of all the turf up, so that everyone was kind of cramped. Everyone's trying to roll, you know, roll their shins kind of in a cramped space. And um, but now it felt good to get back in there and. You know, that's the one of the unintended consequences uh, of when I start playing baseball again. It makes me want to exercise. When I'm not doing something, you know, when I'm not, like, if I don't have a game or something or a team to play on, I tend to get a little bit lazier. So, and like, Paul, you know, you play basketball and stuff. It makes you want to... It makes you want to, to to get in better shape. So that's been good. That's been a good consequence of uh, signing up for adult ball. Again. Speaking of uh, water damage, I was listening to Megan's uh, forecast last night on ABC 10 News. And we got a lot of rain coming again this week. Thursday is the big day. One to two inches on the coast with three inches of uh, possibly in local areas. Holy smokes. And then uh, it'll taper off Friday. Saturday looks okay. And then Sunday evening into Monday and Tuesday, another significant rainstorm coming up. So 
if you are still cleaning up from the last amount of rain, batten down the hatches mm-hmm. because it's coming again. Uh, we're just in this storm track. El Nino, February looks like it's going to be a very wet month coming up. And just uh, be prepared if you can because it is uh, on its way to you, the California coast. You know, when I saw there was a, a group... I think it was Sons of Montezuma. They're doing a, a watch party tonight. And let me get the details for you guys so I can give them to you right now, give them a shout-out. And that's the real bummer, Ben, is that you've got organized cleanups going on this weekend, or uh, this week, and then more rain's going to come. And I, you know, Okay, so SDSU Aztecs watch party, flood relief fundraiser. Uh, it is tonight, 6 to 10. and um, Watch party for the game? Watch party for the game. And they want people to donate cleaning supplies, disinfectants, toiletries, gift cards, plastic bins, non-perishable food, new socks, gloves, laundry cards. Here's the – oh, it's at uh, Overtap, okay, from 6 to 10. I don't 10. think I've heard of Overtap. I, I don't think I have either. Overtap. Um, yeah, it's a donation fundraiser hosted by the Sons of Montezuma. And look, yeah, I mean, so you're going to be doing cleanups and you're going to be doing fundraisers, and then this could happen again. So – if you know somebody that was affected by the last storm, please make sure you reach out to everyone and let them know to get ready for this one. Now, again, things happen. Remember when you know they, we were supposed to have that those gale force winds and all that a, a few months back, and it turned out to be nothing? That's exactly what we want. We want the weather people in town. They want to be wrong on this. They don't want it to be as bad as the last one was. So um, be prepared. Get as prepared as you can. Reach out to those who may need some help. The elderly, you know, uh, people that are, are are struggling right now. See what we can do to help them. Let us know how we can help as well. Uh, but yeah, I hope it's I hope it's nothing. You know, I hope it's much it's ado about over, nothing. Over the tap. Over the over tap. the tap. I'm sorry. Okay. Over the city. tap in National City. There we go. Over the tap in National City tonight, six to ten. There's a watch party. Uh, bring all those items listed. You can get the details. It's on our uh, Instagram story. But no, I think, yeah, and my wife actually makes a good point. Don't be all sarcastic and annoyed if it turns out to be to be nothing. It doesn't make you a tough guy that that the weather didn't turn out like this. That's This is actually what we want. We want them to say, hey, it's going to be bad. Prepare. It's better to be over-prepared than under-prepared, as, as we've seen from the last one. So make sure you take care of yourself. Uh, make sure you take care of your family. Again, the elderly, if you know somebody that, that may need some help, sandbags and things like that, Man, batting down the hatches, like Benny said, because it this town when that stuff happens, it just it feels it feels like it just hits us worse than than others. So um, make sure that uh, make sure you're prepared. All right, uh, that was a nice rambling thirteen minutes to start the show. Well, get, get Is everybody warmed up? All right, let's let's get going. We'll set the menus uh, for what's coming up today. Uh, it'll be I'll, I'll I'll spoil it right now. Another guestless show on tap for Ben and Woods. We will talk some Padres baseball uh, coming up. We'll let you know there was one player that the Padres were rumored to be in on uh, yesterday. We'll talk about that coming up as well. Don't go anywhere. Just getting started. Ben and Woods, Tuesday morning, not Wednesday, gentlemen. Tuesday morning (laughs) on San Diego's number one sports station. Let's see how the traffic looks out there with Kelly Danik here on 97.3 The Fan.
Happy birthday to the one and only Phil Collins, 74 today. And uh, I, I was looking up. I, I have always enjoyed Phil Collins' music. I didn't... <laughs> it's the understatement of the year. I I, I didn't know, like, personally... You're kidding! Personally... Get out of town. ...that he wasn't, he wasn't well-liked by his colleagues. In fact, uh, according to uh, one author, many of his peers despised him. 100%, man. I think he was very difficult to work with. Um, you know, I mean, he's he was in Genesis, and then they split, and he had his solo solo career. But I, he, I think he's kind of a kind of a D, or was. A, I think he's, uh, rock I, historian Martin Strong says, uh, truly polarized opinion from the start. His ubiquitous smugness making him a favorite target for critics. Now you see him. How is what does that feel like, Woods? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you tell me. Oh, from it. Yeah, my my. My peers hate me. Yeah, exactly. They hate me. <laughs> Which I'm... Look, I'll say this. There is a... <clears throat> there is a fraternity of uh, sports radio hosts and ex-sports radio hosts in this town. They don't like me. And I'm so effing thankful for that because that is literally the worst fraternity I've ever seen. Remember the Trilams? It's those guys. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in that fraternity for all the tea in China. Now, I am kind of in that. Hundred, careful what you say. Hundred percent. Yeah. I am in the Spanky fraternity. With his paddle. I am so thankful you are to not be in the fraternity. Oh, my God. I can't think of a worse fraternity. No, I'm still... My music crew? Tight. Still tight. I do feel like you get misunderstood a little bit. Maybe like Phil, Collins Phil Collins did as well. Yeah. Must and be some misunderstanding. It must be some kind of mistake. And I try to I try to explain what a great co-worker you are yeah. to people. They like you would they, love, if you got to know it. Woods. They don't get it. You would love Woods. They don't get it. But I, I'd be nice to them. Some people don't take the time to really get to know Woods. No, I'm I'm very thankful to not be a part of that fraternity. Like, like insanely, insanely grateful. But take a look at you now. Look at me now. <laughs> it's just an empty space. No, I, I've, I've, it used to really bug me, and then it just clicked. And I went, what do you care? You don't, you don't wear cargo shorts and New Balance tennis shoes and, like, just spend you have other interests outside of sports that's a good thing in my opinion well roundedness and and all that but um yeah i'm not a part of that fraternity i i'm really happy that's a true that's not like insecure like it's taken me a long time to get there for sure but i'm finally more than okay with it absolutely more than okay with it but phil you look at phil collins like if you saw him on the street you'd be like 
hey, hey, buddy, how you like? He looks like a guy you want to sit and grab a meal with, but apparently he's just a huge, huge turd. So it's like, it's like I don't really get it. Don't they say truly? Don't judge a book by its cover. If you judged him by his cover, he looks like the sweetest old guy ever. But man, you want to talk about a one eighty? I can remember we did a show. It was when we very first started, and he was like going back on tour. And people were making a big deal out of it, and I was just, I just powered me down. I was like, oh no, not Phil Collins. Man, the older I get, the more I dig it, the more I appreciate it. I think he's fantastic, man. I I really do. I think second acts are a great thing, though. Yeah. Um, You know, you see artists who change like their personality. Like Elton John is totally different now than he was, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And (laughs) that's great. He was great 34 years, 30, 40 years ago, but. Elton John today is also a different kind of great of, of who he is. And you can always have that second act, especially in public life. No, no, no doubt about it, man. And I, I love that, like, everything eventually, you know, if it's good, it, it comes back again. And that's what uh, what Phil Collins is. And I, I'm telling you, the older I get, man, the more I dig it. I absolutely love it. So happy birthday to Phil Collins. I'm sorry you're a jerk. I feel like uh, A.J. Preller is getting a second act, a third act. Uh, he goes through more transitions of loved, despised, loved, despised, yeah. over and over again among the Padres fans. It's funny, I, and I don't, I don't know that he's in the fraternity of of GMs either. There's a lot. There's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's plenty of reports in years that other GMs not huge fans of AJ Perla to the point that I worried will it impact his ability of, of to course. do his job because other GMs don't really like him that much, but it's never really seemed to impede him from making deals. In fact, he makes more deals with teams like the Rays that don't make deals oftentimes. So, you know, he he's worked with just about everybody, and it doesn't seem to be that much of an issue. But, no, I, I get the sense as well that that A.J. isn't hugely popular among his peers either. Yeah, it happens. It's tough life for us, for we artists. Now, where do you stand right now on A.J. Preller? We'll talk about the Padres coming up, uh, You know who they didn't sign yesterday, who they didn't sign this morning, and who they are rumored to be interested in to uh, join the starting rotation coming up here at 635. I, I think that a lot of people go, I mean, the one thing that I'm not worried about it feels as though is AJ asleep at the wheel. I know he's not asleep no, I, at the wheel. It, it, it the 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 perception yeah. that he is kicking it on a beach somewhere, <laughs> smoking joints, I know that's drinking Coronas. It's just not true. I just I think that's the thing is what's man. Wouldn't you rather know? Like, wouldn't you rather know going into something like Paulie? If I come to you and I, I, I in the morning and I say, Hey, man, today's gonna suck for us, and then you can prepare yourself. The problem with our fan base is no one's prepared because no one has come out and said, hey, it's going to be a little bit lean. You know, and I think we're all left to speculate um, and and think to ourselves, oh, God, we're broke or, oh, God, you know, we can't afford this guy or can't afford that guy or, or, or our but GM's not doing anything. But nor should you ever tip your cards and no, say something shouldn't. like that. You should not. Not even to your own fans. You don't want... Whatever your strategy is, you don't want that information out for other teams, for agents. You want to play it close to the Quiet. best. You want to be a little mysterious when it comes to your overall offseason strategy. Padres yeah, sure. could still explode and, and make a bunch of moves here. You know, it doesn't feel like that's going to happen, but 
they haven't locked themselves into some corner where we know, well, they can't possibly do this, they can't possibly do that, because they haven't said anything. It keeps it keeps all the options open going forward. Well, I think we rip every time we hear an owner in the offseason, or owner or even a GM. We we rip them. We say when they come out to the media and go, well, you know, we're we're probably done now. We can't afford it. And last year was this. Last year was that. We've said it a billion times, dude. You are a billionaire. You're a billionaire. You get revenue sharing money. It's inexcusable. Padres payroll right now hovering around 147 million dollars, um, according to your notes last night, Ben. I'm going to take you at your word there. 147 million dollars uh, right now. Yeah, man. We need. There needs to be uh, – there's got to be 20 to 25 more spent. There just has to be at this point for for need and, honestly, for posterity's sake. Like, you have to do it. Prices, you're expecting the fans to come out again. you got to spend some more money before this thing ends. You have to. You don't have a choice. I guess for me – You can't roll into it at 147 right now with an incomplete roster. I've – like, I think I've officially this week started to hit the panic button in my head. Sure. And I know you don't have to have your opening day roster on the day pitchers and catchers report. Yep. It just feels like this roster is more incomplete than, I don't know, any other year that I've followed the Padres. Or, or, any, other, or any other team in baseball. Right. That's how you it, feel, it's, at it's least. It's pretty rough. My question to you guys, I don't know, I feel like I'm... I, I hope I'm speaking for part of the fan base, at least, if not the majority of the fan base, that's also starting to panic when they look at this roster or lack thereof. Do you think A.J. Preller is panicking at all, or is he just... Cool, calm, and collected because he's got some master plan going on in the back of his head. Just, I mean, knowing him the way that we do, I don't know that he has a. If he, I think has, he ever panics. if he has a panic bone in his body, I've never seen it. I've talked to him a billion times. I've never seen him panic. Right, and I don't know that you can have that job if you're a panicker. You can't have. I can't be me and <laughs> and do that. It, you know, Woods would not be a good GM. Ben would be an okay GM, but like, you can't have that panic button. And uh, I don't think he's got that thing in him that that panics. I think he, in his mind, he's like, "No, I've got a plan, and we're going to execute it. And if not, I'll I'll, I'll go to Plan I'll, B, I'll, I'll and then I'll go yeah, to plan, plan, plan C. C. You yeah. know, that's I think the way to avoid panicking is to have plans. lots of plans, and you know, backup plans to your backup plans. There is a possibility that the Padres could spend eight figures on a new pitcher, maybe even this week, uh, according to some rumors floating around Major League Baseball. Let's get into those coming up in our next segment, uh, the signings that went down yesterday in Major League Baseball. Coming up in our 7 o'clock hour, the discussion about Dan Campbell's decision-making continues unabated on most sports talk radio. I can't get away from it right now. I want to take a, a slightly different tack. A lot of people are looking at the analytics of football. I want to compare them to baseball because I feel like they're very, they've had a very different effect on the two sports. Uh, a trend toward analytics, like supercharging football and throttling back baseball a little bit in recent years. Uh, we'll play Take on Woods. Don't do this in our seven o'clock hour. Uh, the Padres' uh, exciting young prospects list uh, from Jim Bowden and The Athletic. We can talk about that. His, uh, his names are not necessarily the names that I was looking forward to this, uh, but hey, everybody can look forward to their own prospects that they want to see during spring training. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up and more. Don't go away. We're getting started here. It's Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fam. Always cold, no sunshine. 
can hear Super Bowl 58 from Westwood One next Sunday. That would be the 11th, right here on 97.3 The Fan. And for free on the Odyssey app, pregame coverage starts at 11 a.m. Kickoff is at 3.30. That is simply uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12 days away from the Super Bowl. So 12 days of hype, 12 days of Chiefs and 49ers, 12 days of Taylor Swift talk. By the way, by the way, I'm glad someone pointed this out. After all of the consternation and people raging against Taylor Swift and ruining the NFL experience for them because they can't get away from her, someone actually went back and and calculated how this was great. long she actually appeared on the for the AFC Championship broadcast. Yep. Three hours and 45-minute telecast between the Chiefs and the Ravens. And she was on for a total of 24 seconds. Yep, and people lost <laughs> Out of that minds. three hours yeah. and 45 minutes. 24 seconds. And that's what is causing people to lose their minds. Less than one commercial. If you really want to know who's ruining football games with their constant appearances, look at Jake from State Farm. He is on much more <laughs> he than is. Taylor Swift on a football <laughs> game. Much more often. But uh, you can, I mean, everyone gets to have their opinion. Well, I can't. Fragile alpha males aren't afraid of Jake from State Farm. <laughs> I can't deny anybody their right Powerful to feel woman, the way scary. they do. And if you have a visceral negative reaction toward Taylor Swift, I can't tell you that you're wrong. I would like you to be able to explain, though, like the rational reason why you think of why it's so bad for right. football, well, for somebody made the everybody's experience of watching football. When I was growing up, and the Lakers would be on, you saw Jack Nicholson for forty-five minutes a game. Don't remember hearing a not lot of people now, complaining about now, that. Now Twitter didn't exist then, but it was Jack Nicholson for forty-five minutes, sitting back with his sunglasses. <laughs> Coked out of his tree, like we saw it. Is that what is going on? Yes, yeah, oh, come okay. on, bro. It's fresh. I know, out of, I know exactly. Yeah, the, look, the face. You're, you're picturing fresh out of the Playboy back. Mansion. Like, what are we talking about? Very here? still. I didn't know you were so still, but very happy. <laughs> happy. Still, yeah. He's probably stoned, to be honest. Um, but no, I mean, it's like, who cares, man? At the end of the day, who cares? It was 24 seconds. 24 seconds. I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. Okay. It was uh, when Kelsey scored his touchdown. Yeah. There was like a like a four second shot, and then a couple of other you know. I saw a, a, a shot of her saying, "Get me off camera." Or yeah, something twice. like she's like, "Get me like, out of here, please, please, yeah, please, no, stop." Yeah, I mean, it's just go away, please. It is what it is at this point. Like that's her boyfriend. They're in love. And did and you see the audio analysis of uh, Travis Kelsey actually saying, I, I love, love you? Yeah. I mean, look, Taylor Swift. Why, why the are we, I, They've I, already reached that stage. That's fast. Tell that's me. It's not fast. They've been together for like six months. Yeah. It hasn't been that long. Yeah, it has. It was during the season that like they the started. the very beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah which is like three months ago. No, they've been together a long. They've been together like the, six months. The football I, season started in September, October, November. So it's four months since the start of the season. They didn't start going out until the season was already underway. Okay. So we're talking about like three months around that time since their first I, date. I told Hannah within the first two weeks, and really? she told me too. Yeah, it was tr- truly love at first sight. Our anniversary, our ten year anniversary, of the day we met is even if this you, Sunday. Even if you think that though, to be vulnerable and open enough to bro. say it that fast, bro, I had to. T- I didn't want her to get away. Yeah. So I was, I was about a month. You, yeah. didn't, you didn't think you might scare her away? Though. No, man, you could. I knew it. I knew it. She huh, knew reciprocal. It. Yeah. yeah, I knew it was. I think wow. she said it first, actually. 
I think she said it first. No, I, mean, I said it first, and Megan goes, I do too. I was waiting for you to say it first, but I felt the same way. Yeah, 100%. How, what did you do? What would you wait, three years? <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> How awkward would that be? Um, um, I love you. <laughs> I like you. I like love. I love you. Just so awkward. Do you remember the first time you said it? Not exactly, but it was awkward, I'm sure. Yeah. God, I would kill for that audio. I would absolutely maim someone for that audio. <laughs> that, it's hard, though. He's maybe. red right now. He's the worst thing is wondering, you know, is Will they say, say it back? back? I'm trying to think if I've ever said it and somebody didn't say it back. I don't think so. Not that I, I feel like I would remember that for sure. <laughs> Seinfeld. I love you. She said I love you. I heard you. I heard you. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's check traffic, and then uh, we'll talk about the signings in baseball. None of them from the San Diego Padres, but one rumor uh, floating out there. It's uh, at least a rumor season. I'll take a rumor at this point because it's better than what we've had for a little while. Coming up here on ninety seven three, the fan. Uh, I'm not sure. Was it Morosi or Heyman? Uh, uh, Morosi. Morosi. That yeah. the uh, the Padres were. One of the teams uh, linked with right-handed pitcher Michael Lorenzen in potential free agency talks. And we know the Padres are looking to add to their starting rotation. Uh, I had forgotten. So Lorenzen was an all-star last year with the Detroit Tigers. First half of the season was, was actually very solid uh, in, you know, before July. Was traded to the Phillies at the deadline through a no-hitter in his second start. And I kind of vaguely remember that. Oh, yeah, then what happened to him? Then completely fell off the map. Did faded he, very badly in August and September. They didn't even... Was he on the postseason no, he was roster? left off the NLCS the roster NLCS, yeah. after uh, posting about a five-and-a-half ERA with the Phillies. Now, he had jumped up from just, you know, bullpen work in about 50 innings to 150 innings. And there was the thought... That the workload eventually got to him and he just ran out of gas the last couple of months of the season. Is that a name, Michael Lorenzen, that you'd be interested in? An all star from last year. Can he play the outfield? It's actually, not, it's not like, yeah, he can hit a little bit. <laughs> actually, yeah. he, he, if you'll remember, uh, he actually has a pretty decent bat. He's got a career 710 OPS as a hitter. It's better than Trent Grisham, my now, friend. Now, most of that he had uh, when he was with the Reds, playing in that amazing hitter's ballpark. They used him as a DH every once in a while. He had 54 really good at-bats for Cincinnati in 2018. Hasn't hit recently, but he said that he was open if a team is interested in bringing back his hitting skills. Of course he is. <laughs> Just like every position I, I player mean, wants to pitch. As desperate as the Padres might be, a Michael Lorenzen starting pitcher and then you know maybe once a week DH role. Uh, if he can hit, is not I, I would think is not completely out of the question. It's but completely out of the question. It's completely it's out of the question. Out of the question. And, and I will absolutely riot if that happens, um, as you should too, Padres fans. Uh, Michael Lorenzen does not do a heck of a lot for me. I, I he feels to me like Ben, I, and I don't know what he made last year. I don't know what his his contract situation. So the is. Uh, the projection would be. I saw the like two years, twenty-two million. Now a lot of people have gotten more than their off-season projections, but you'd definitely be talking about an eight-figure deal, probably a couple of years at least, uh, eating up at least 
you know, a good chunk of what the Padres have remaining, but you'd plug him probably into your fourth starter role at this point. My thoughts? I could find myself, I could get myself excited about it because I can get myself excited about anything, any new blood. But as you just pitched that to me, I'm going to pass on it. Yeah, my my thoughts are they certainly could take another step forward and, you know, with more endurance throughout the season, could put together, you know, he had a sub three and a half ERA for much of the year last year. And there's not a team that would not take that uh, from Michael Lorenzen for 130, 40 innings. I think the Padres need someone who they can count on for more innings if that's what they're looking for. And his his lack of a track record of going deep into a season and you know getting more toward 170, 80 innings would be a, a cautionary tale for me. I look at it though, and AJ has done this a couple of times. You know, chasing the All Star like Adam Frazier, and then they come to San Diego. And they're not the same kind of player, and I just worry that Michael Lorenzen is. It's actually the Michael Lorenzen from the second half of last season and not the first half of last season. And you don't want to pay a premium for a guy who's not going to be giving you premium returns yeah, I mean, we, when he arrives. We all want a bargain bin guy that, that turns into Michael Walker. Not that he was you know, not that he didn't make a lot of money. You know, it wasn't unreasonable. And Seth Lugo, he made money, but it wasn't unreasonable. I think did either of them make $11 million a year? I don't think so. No, they were more in the six, right. I think, range. I mean, everybody wants AJ to go out and find those two but guys the six again. six is now 11. Six last year was is 11, 11 this now. year. Sure. I mean, that's just the way it's gone. So I I don't know. I, I mean, could he be the Michael Walker of this year, yeah. the late signing that ends up being a really solid you know, back of the rotation? Yeah, he could. Niebla Magic, maybe. He, he, he absolutely could. There are certainly red flags. There's no, I mean, there's no perfect candidates right now. I mean, Blake Snell is the best that there's out there. And that dude, if reports are accurate, that dude is asking for nine years, 270, is the report I saw yesterday. Nine years. I don't feel like there's a lot of teams that are interested in I, even coming close to I, that. I feel like only the New York Mets would, would sign that deal, and they're not right spending now. a ton of money right now either. So nine, 270, Blake Snell's 31 years old. Holy smokes, man. 39-year-old Blake Snell at $30 million per. Hell, it may be a bargain in nine years, but I doubt it. Uh, it's it's a lot of money. It's a lot, a lot of dough for him. And uh, I wonder how much he's sweating <laughs> right now. I wonder how much Cody Bellinger, Solaire, some guys out there that are going to get big paydays. Um, it just doesn't feel like anyone's super active. You know, a couple moves yesterday, a couple moves already today. Uh, we'll talk about those for sure. But, yeah, man, I just I – just, Every day that goes by, I continue to get the feeling that AJ's just sitting back at the table. He's just waiting it out to see what's left. Well, let's get into one of those because the other, obviously, need for the Padres is outfield. Even they have admitted that. AJ has said, we need a couple outfielders. We need another starting pitcher. Uh, Aaron Hicks was a guy who signed yesterday with the Angels on a one-year deal. The interesting thing with Aaron Hicks, uh, he was so bad that the Yankees released him last year, and they are on the hook for his salary for both this season and next season. But after he was released, he was picked up by the Orioles and uh, really did actually play pretty well the last, you know, what was a month and a half of the season or so for Baltimore. The Angels get him and only have to pay him the minimum salary this year. The Yankees pay him the remainder of about the $9 million he's going to make this year. Any team could have, you know, signed him theoretically for that minimum. You just had to convince him to join your squad. The fact that he went to the Angels would 
certainly make you believe that he would have been open to coming to the Padres. Southern California. Sure. I mean, there's nothing inherently exciting about the Angels right now. Uh, even outfield opportunities, they they have a more crowded outfield than the Padres do. So if he's looking for playing time, San Diego would have been a more likely destination. The only possible logical conclusion I can reach is that A.J. Preller was not interested in Aaron Hicks. Yeah, potentially. I, I read that they have five major league outfielders right now, Joe Adele being one of them. Joe Adele is out of options. so Mickey Moniak. Yeah, Mickey Moniak, Joe Adele, Mike Trout, Mike Trout <laughs> uh, Aaron Hicks, and then there's one more. Um, but yeah, five outfielders. Much more crowded than the Padres' outfield situation. Much more. So it doesn't feel like Aaron Hicks was weighing two exactly same offers from the Padres and Angels and went, I'll go with the Angels. It makes it feel like the Padres were not interested. And that's that's the Padres' right. That's what scouting is. And you don't think that guy is a fit or he's not going to perform well. You don't sign players like that. But we are so, right now as a fan base, so desperate for you know some outfield help. We'll look at Aaron Hicks and we'll go, how did you let that guy get away? 100%. Kind of, which yeah. is ridiculous. They all turn into the most beautiful girl in the room <laughs> when they go somewhere else. You're like, oh my God, I let this dime slip through my fingers. Been And, you know, listen, um, the the knock on him in New York, Benny, he was a, the knock on him there was, was never that he couldn't handle like New York. It was, he was just kind of, eh, just kind of unaffected. The I would see it all the time. People would say, "My man's more focused on his." Apparently, he's like a plus two. He's a really good golfer. He's more. He just wants to play his his game, get his check, and go out and play golf. Like somebody I know here to my left. Um, <laughs> it's it's one of those one of those deals. So maybe it's a good thing that he didn't come here. If 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 that's you know his mentality. Um, yeah, now they got Trent Grisham out there, which has kind of been the knock on him as well, as he was just kind of unaffected, you know, whatever, I'm just going to do my thing. Um, I don't know. I don't know that he was a fit here, other than he has a heartbeat and plays baseball. Uh, anybody with a heartbeat that plays baseball, we all want to think that they're a fit. Maybe they know something that we don't, and maybe it's a good thing they didn't sign him. But it does open the possibility that a Joe, a Joe Adele, a Mickey Moniak could be on the block. You know, and if if those are names that you're interested in, maybe they could be had for a real low level type prospect. But Joe Adele's out of options, so they can't send him back down. So he's on the club or he's not. And he again, we all get excited about prospects. There was no bigger prospect than Joe Adele over the last few years, and nothing's really happened yet. Polly wrote in our rundown. I think it's a good question. Does the fact that the Padres essentially passed on Aaron Hicks tell you? That AJ Preller might be working on something bigger. Kind and of, yeah. I, I think it almost certainly. Like we're not. Are we in a position? If they you were mentioned tr- the, uh, like players that are guys that six months ago we would have been like absolutely not. Now a week and a half before pitchers and catchers report to Peoria, I'm thinking: Are we really in a position to pass down anybody that's played at the major well, league level, especially when it's for the minimum because another team is paying their salary? I, I don't know. If they were truly that desperate. They could have signed Aaron Hicks. They could have made a case for it. They could have sold it like, hey, see what this guy did the last couple of months of the season. The fact that they didn't. You could have offered him a million dollars. It would have been more than he's going to get the, with the Angels. The fact that they didn't makes me feel actually good. It makes me feel like one way or another, A.J. knows he's getting something. He knows it's probably one or two guys that he's been targeting, that he's getting close. Hasn't been any reports on it. But it, maybe it's a trade. Maybe it's a signing. It feels like there's no panic right now from the Padres front office. There's panic from the fan base, but there is no there is no panic. Signing Aaron Hicks would have been a bit of a panic 
looking move at this point. Well, I mean, like that's that's all you've got left. Isn't isn't any thing now at this point doesn't it feel like a panic move if you sign somebody off the the scrap heap so to speak um you know if you go out and make a trade for a guy that you really like and target that's that's a different story that's that's what i'm thinking we could be heading toward yeah i think so yeah because you could you can make panic moves now and they're not yeah so i think that's actually a good sign going forward for the san diego Padres. yeah i don't they're not in panic mode. i wasn't super bummed uh to see him go yesterday uh at all you know, I think that's a fine fit for him, and he'll go out and he'll get his ABs and do his thing. All right, let's come back. We'll play Take on Woods. Uh, I want to talk about analytics, and I'm, I am baffled as to the discussion on Dan Campbell. I want to relate this to baseball as well, because I think in football and baseball, they are perceived very and used very differently in the two sports with different effects. Uh, we'll get to that coming up with Ben and Woods. Second hour on, on next on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, you know me as a pretty level-headed guy for the most part. Very level Take things in stride. Um, if I was Dan Campbell, I'd be losing my mind right now. Why is that? Because Dan Campbell is getting, he's getting it both ways. I have heard the criticism of Dan Campbell. That he was too emotional, you know, going for it. He had to go for it. Had to be in character, and he was irresponsible and not, you know, not not coaching the proper conservative way in the playoffs. And I also hear everyone saying Dan Campbell is beholden to the numbers and the analytics. He doesn't have a mind of his own. He's just going with what the computer tells him to do, and that is to go for it on fourth down. Can't be both. You can't be beholden to the numbers and the analytics and also a creature of your emotional decisions because you just want to go for it because you go for it all the time. And I've heard him criticized both ways. That's that's an opposite argument that people are making about Dan Campbell. One or the other may be true, but you can't be your decisions can't be so analytical that you take all the emotion out of it or so emotional that you take all the analytics, analytics out of it. But they're saying he's doing both right now, and and why the Detroit Lions lost that game to the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think he cares. He seems like he is comfortable in his his own skin, yeah, and he's he said, comfortable with his own mistakes. He said he understands the scrutiny, yeah. but he said, 
he's not going to, you know, he said, I, I'm, I'm going to stand by my decisions. And, and I, I like that accountability from a coach. Now, if I'm a Lions fan, I don't know how great I feel about it. But I think, you know, you had a 24-7 lead. And you want to do everything in your power to keep that lead. Um, it's not his fault they fumbled the ball. I mean, he, like you said yesterday, called a running play. And the guy booted the ball. You know, an interception clanked off a guy's face mask. Like, the the fourth down and, and three that they went for hit the receiver right in the numbers. It's the right call. It was a bad execution. We told you yesterday, the analytics were a toss-up. The analytics did not say that Dan Campbell made a mistake right. in going for either of those fourth downs. In fact, the numbers, by at least a, a couple of metrics, said he actually slightly increased his team's chances to win by going for it in each of those fourth down situations. Now, I certainly will listen to the argument that you know maybe it would have been better for the team in those situations had they just kicked the field goal. Bro, it's, but it's, he's not. He wasn't going against the numbers when he went for it. That's for sure. It's just like. It's just like every Wednesday we come at, come in here after Luis Garcia was called on to hold the lead and he didn't, or or you know Brent Honeywell serves one up and everybody on their couch knew that that wasn't the right move um, after it happened, you know, and that's it, the second guessing of 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 it's what makes this all sports sure. great certainly. But you have such a clear eye after the plays already happened. It's moronic. It's masturbation is all it is. Coming in here and going, he should have done this. And he you don't know what he knows. You don't you're you don't know. You don't know if Mike Schilt walked by Brent Honeywell's locker and he's like, You stink. You smell like Coors Light. I'm not going to you today, even though the numbers said you should I should go to you. You don't know that. There's a billion things that we don't know, but we like to come in here the day after something happens and go, well, it's very clear. You very clearly should have done this. I, I think the second guessing after it, I get it. It's part of the gig. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. The guy, there's a brilliant thread I read yesterday from an actual mathematician that, that kind of laid out, um, you know, what, and he makes the, the valid, very valid football points is, hey, their offense is on fire. The kicker that they had is not the kicker they started the season with. Many don't even consider him a kicker in the NFL. He did what he had to do to win the game. He just didn't win it. The result, the, the process was right. The results were wrong. And it happens that way. It's sports. I think the rise, though, of, and the prevalence of analytics becoming more used in sports is very interesting when you compare it to football and baseball. I want to talk about this coming up. We have a game of Take on Woods in just a couple of minutes. The phone lines are open if you want to try to qualify for our trip to Las Vegas. Call now, 833-288-0973. Get on the line. We'll play here in just a couple of minutes. 833-288-0973. I think it's hard to argue that analytics has been bad for football, at least for fans. Because can we all agree that one of the most boring plays in any football game is a punt? Yes. I mean, occasionally, once in a you know, blue moon, someone will return one for a touchdown. That's pretty exciting. But 90% of the time, it's a fair catch. It goes into the end zone. It's just kind of a stop down. Even kickoffs and field goals aren't that You'll see them when you're watching Red Zone, but if you have a team that you follow and you watch those games every week, yeah. you probably see a punt return once every right. two years. The, kick, right. the, the kicking years. game is is an essential part of football, but it's also the least entertaining part of the game. 
And what analytics has done is it has taken the emphasis away from the kicking game and more toward offenses. A fourth and three play, a do or die. You got to get the first down. You've got to get your star man. players on the field making <laughs> a huge play. That ball is in the air. The quarterback throws it up. The receiver is diving. Whether he comes up with it or not, that's hugely entertaining it's, for fans. It's amazing. And because analytics and football have shown the value is often higher in going for it than kicking a field goal or punting from the 45-yard line in those situations, we as fans have been treated to more entertainment as football watchers. So analytics has been good for us as fans in football. I think in baseball, the reverse has been true. Analytics has shown teams more efficient ways to win games. good point. And... Those efficient ways to win games, which, you know, before they banned the shift, involved the defensive shift. It involved players not being so worried about striking out and swinging, you know, for the fences, the home run, the strikeout game. Things that undeniably have made it more likely that your team wins has also made the sport less entertaining. Don't steal. Oh, it's dumb to try to steal. Even if you make it 75% of the time, you're losing value for your team. Steals are exciting to watch, and they they took those more out of the game. And it's why in recent years, until some of the rule changes, last year kind of took away some of that, analytics was hurting baseball. Well, you're missing the, the biggest point of all, is that when people hear the word analytics, it's like the boogeyman. They go, <gasps> Which is ridiculous. Oh! And, it's ridiculous. Know, Flor- get, o- get over that. Mike Florio yesterday tweeting about... He talked to an unnamed coach, and the unnamed coach said, well, the only reason – this is a quote, allegedly. This allegedly happened. From a coach who probably wasn't coaching in the, in the conference championship. Correct. The only reason analytics exist is so that those nerds can have a job. We just heard Goose Gossage. I mean, look, there's – You're a nerd, too. Yeah, there's arguments for both. It's just information, man. It's just information. If you're a, no matter what you do for a living, you just, you want as much info as you can get. So you know how to tailor your job the right way to give you the best chance to win, whether you're a salesman or a plumber, a, a, a carpenter. You want the best way to do the best job that you can. But they hear that word and they go, Ooh. Yeah, you, you got to get over yourself if you're afraid of the word analytics because you use analytics every day in your life. We all in, do. In every decision that you make. Now, some decisions have been very easy. Like, for instance, let's say you just scored a touchdown with zero time left on the clock and it's 24-24. You kick the extra point to win or do you go for two? Well, of course, you kick the extra point sure. to win because you make that 90-something percent of the time and you only make it for two, 55, and you only need one to win. That's an easy analytics decision. Now, they have taken it to the point where they're just taking the more complex decisions and trying to figure out where the most added value is. But you've always used analytics to make decisions in sports. Hey, when you've got a 3-0 count and the number 8 hitter is up and he is batting 180 and the bases are loaded and it's a tie game, you give him the take sign. That's analytics because, well, it's likely that that pitcher is going to Throw a ball in one of their next three pitches, and you don't want the guy. I give him two take signs, exactly. my friend. I and give that, him two. That is something that you would call old school baseball. You know what it also is? It's analytics because analytically, you know, 
hey, if he walks this guy, we win the game. We force in the winning run. I don't want my guy swinging and popping up at this pitch when he has three chances to draw a walk. Why would you let him swing at the first one when the pitcher could trip on something and throw a ball? That's analytics, too. We just never called it that back in the day. Do you have the Ollie Marmol uh, audio, Paulie? I'll grab it. Okay, Paulie's got this this audio yesterday. And, you know, I know we're going back and forth football and baseball. Um, but, I, you know, when you're, when, you're a, when you're a head coach, like you said, all you're trying to do, Ben, is just get yourself in a bit better position uh, to to win a football game. And had had Je- Jefferson caught that ball on that fourth and three, it's a different ball game. Bro- Reynolds, uh, Reynolds. I'm sorry, ball hits your numbers. You make that catch. We're probably not having this discussion. So um, Xavier Scrugg sat down with St. Louis Cardinals manager Ollie Marmol. Let's play this quickly. And I know we got sure, take on yeah. Woods coming. We can push it. Too. Yeah, we it can. doesn't matter. Um, and he asked him about analytics. We all handle and have to deal with pressure. It fuels me. Mm. Um, I don't think I would Not wake right up one. to all right. analytics or oh, old school versus new school. Mm. It, it's neither. It's, man, like you're using a ton of information to help you make decisions that are sustainable over time. Right. And when you look at the game, you have to remember you're dealing with humans that have a heartbeat that experience pressure and anxiety, and some handle the moment a certain way, some don't. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have this information, you use it, right? but at the same time, all you're doing is applying it to what you know and your eyes see mm-hmm. and your gut tells you. So when it comes down to it, yeah, I want as much information as possible. I wanna be able to process it, figure out what works, what doesn't, what I like using, what I don't like using. Okay. Um, but then you let your eyes see the game and, and you know the personality of the player and you know how they can handle certain things in certain situations. Right. So, um, yeah, you're not letting uh, the numbers just run the game. And I think that's right. a perception that's out there. We're yeah. like, oh, the front offices are running the game. Yeah, that, that um, is the perception. That I, I can there. tell you right now, I've yet to have one person from our front office come down and tell me, what I should have done in a game or how to run the next game or quite like that's not how we operate. Right. I can tell you that in St. Louis. Right. So interesting stuff from Ollie Marmol. Um, and, and you know who else used analytics, Ben? Connie Mack. Um, they act, people act like in the 1930s and 1940s, Connie Mack or something would walk through a, a, a locker. He had his you know, starting nine. And he walked, would feel them maybe behind the ear, give them a little look into their eyes, tongue depressor on the tongue. All right, kid, go. You got the ball today. It's not. No, they they knew that the guy across the way is hitting three sixty seven. They knew that he can't hit a curveball. Those are analytics. They've always been in baseball. I understand that you you may be overwhelmed with it. I get overwhelmed with it too. I think you can use it too much. But Ali Marmol saying, give me the info. I'll disseminate it. I will then process it and use it because I can look in Paul Rindle's eyes and know he's ready for the moment or vice versa. You know, and I think that's important. There's a, a, a melding, a marriage between yeah, the two. Yeah, I mean, two. there's a danger because if you, you know, part of what makes analytics work is that you kind of have to consistently stick with it. Sure. And if you're just kind of randomly choosing to go with the analytics sometimes and then not other times, they're not, those numbers will no longer be consistent for you. But I agree with Ali Marmol. Analytics are a tool to help your judgment make better decisions. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You're adding to your judgment with those analytical numbers. And it sounds like the Cardinals are doing that the right way. If you told me, if if Adam came to me and says, I have analytical, statistical data that shows if you guys talk UC Davis basketball, your ratings are going to go up. I would say, all right, well, time to dive into UC Davis basketball. I have numbers that say Even though you don't believe it, though. Right. That's I mean, the, it, see, the tough part with analytics is not, hey, if you guys talk Padres, you know, that's a good thing for your ratings. Yeah, that's easy for us to believe. When it's something <laughs> a little more counter to what our beliefs are, that's when I think people rebel against analytics. Sure. When the numbers tell you something that your gut tells your you gut tells you differently, you, you that's when have, people don't like analytics. You gotta have you gotta have a little of both. I, I don't know of anybody that if if you're gonna just run your team based on numbers and percentages, you don't need a manager. You need a mathematician. By the way, uh, UC Davis clobbered by UCSD over the weekend and uh, falls out of first place because the Tritons now in first place in the Big West. There you go. Ratings on the rise, Ratings right on the there, rise. right, right there. there. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, yeah let's push take on Woods back a little bit. If you called in, uh, just stand by. Call in later. Uh, we got Don't Do This coming up next. Wait, stand by or call in later? Stand by to call in later. <laughs> okay. Stand by <laughs> to call in later. Sorry about that, guys. Stand by. Don't Do This is coming up next with Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Let's check traffic. Don't do this. It's time for Don't Do This. What were you thinking? Three stories from the world of sports that make us all shake our heads. Why? (laughs) How many times do I have to tell you? I'm sorry, I fudged up, guys. You idiot. You moron. You dumbass. The apple sometimes does far fall from the tree. Don't do this. Do not tweet that. With Ben and Woods. I like a Nickelback song or two. On 97.3 The Fan. All right, we'll jump right in. Uh, start with uh, the build-up to the Super Bowl, and you know it's it's distraction time. No game for two weeks. You try to minimize the outside noise and the distractions leading up to the Super Bowl. It's impossible uh, with the media commitments and everything that goes into it. The last thing you want, though, is internal distractions. You have so many external ones. The internal ones is what gets you. And the Chiefs are dealing with one right now involving. Uh, receiver Kadarius Tony. This was wild. So Tony was um, was not at the game, the AFC Championship game. He was, according to the team, both injured, dealing with hip and ankle injuries, and his uh, his significant other. I don't know if they're married, but they had a baby on Saturday. So a couple of reasons why he wasn't at the game, but he was listed on the injury report with hip and ankle injuries, and I think it was on. The Sunday of the game, he had an Instagram live post where he was like, Fist. very angry with profanity. I'm not hurt. None of that. 
he, he rebelled at the chief's suggestion that he was injured. It's a pretty big uh, accusation to level. Well, I mean, they're, you know, and the NFL takes their injury reports seriously. They have to. Usually it's the other way around, though, where you're hiding injuries from a team that you're not reporting. This... This is your reporting injury that doesn't exist. They could they could not play Tony. There's no reason. They, it's not like you have to play him if he's healthy. Yeah, you could have left him off the injury report, brought him along, yeah. and just not put him in the game. Andy Reid uh, responded to those uh, you know accusations by Tony of made-up injuries yesterday. You know, obviously, he's been on the injury report. So, I mean, I, I got that, that part as uh, that's not made up by any means, but. He's been working through some things, and um, he'll, uh, you know, he'll be back out there. Yeah, they say, you know, uh, he'll be there practice on Thursday, which is a little awkward to rejoin. Now, I don't know what really is going on behind the scenes, but in my my guesstimate would be, Kadarius Tony's had tough year. Rough Some year, drops. Right? He had the remember that when he lined up offsides yes. and he cost them the, the 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 great play, the lateral from from Travis Kelsey. His was, new bit is <laughs> deflecting balls into the uh opposition's hands. He's done that a couple times in a row. It, it, it might have just been for the best that he wasn't I, there for the Kansas City Chiefs and it's a very nice thing for the Chiefs to say, well, he's hurt and he's got he just had a new a kid, kid and, and so he's not there. It's not we don't trust him. We can't play him. We'd rather have him not be here, so that's why he's not here. I think the Chiefs are just trying not to embarrass him a little bit. I think that Patrick Mahomes <laughs> one is like, don't have him. I do not want him here. Don't even have him an option. I don't I, we don't want face. him. We don't want him in uniform. Yeah. We don't want you to even think about putting him in the I game. Better so not see him on the side. Better not to have him here. Yeah. And they didn't want to embarrass him. You put him on the injury report. It's fine. He's been there before. He's hurt. He's not here. I, that's what it feels like to me. I don't know why Tony would argue if. If I wasn't at a game and the team wanted to say I was hurt, I'd be fine with that. Better that, than it's a I good don't cover want, story than, than anything else. I don't want to play else. Him. Yeah, no doubt. He's he's the one that looks like the a hole here. Exactly. Uh, former NBA point guard Rajon Rondo arrested over the weekend. Got pulled over a uh, violation, a, a traffic violation. State trooper smelled marijuana cigarette on him, Ben. And uh, then they searched his car, found gun and drug paraphernalia. So uh, Rhonda was taken to jail in Jackson County, Indiana. He posted bond. Now, he was not allowed to possess that firearm. He has a no-contact order against him. He's got an emergency protective order filed by a woman uh, in 2022. So he's in uh, a little bit of hot water, apparently threatened her with a gun. Said she, she said she feared for the safety of her children that he had a history of volatile, erratic, and explosive Behavior, so he's uh, in a little bit of hot water. We'll see how that shakes out. He's done. No, he's not playing basketball. Yeah, no, he is uh, just he's retired. He's he's out of the game. Uh, Finally, a little do do this for a Tuesday. D D mega do do. This is a little bit visual. If you're on the YouTube stream, uh, Polly can can play the video. This comes from the uh, the Holy Cross Boston University basketball game last night. And uh, so, if you're seeing the YouTube stream, you're seeing the Holy Cross. Water polo team, while Boston University, one of their players was at the free throw line, you know how the student section tries to distract usually. They ran out in all of their speedos. speedos. Like they must have been just like finishing practice or something, <laughs> dancing around behind the scenes. I thought it was pretty clever and pretty funny. They ran in, they ran out, all of them wearing nothing but speedos. This is not a giant arena. This is a fairly oh smaller my gym. God. <laughs> he made the free throw. He made both of the free throws, though. So good for the. Uh, 
Good for the shooter from Boston University, who uh, Ethan Okawusa, who ignored the distraction of you know eight very scantily clad college students and nailed both of the free throws at the line, <laughs> despite one of the more inspired distractions of the game. However, Holy Cross did rally to win the game, sixty-five to sixty-three. So if they want to think. Uh, their swim team antics or their water polo team antics had something to do with it. Good for them. You see the bodies on those guys? I was always very jealous of the water polo players. It's unbelievable. They have to tread water that whole time. I did. I told you, I did water polo for a semester in college. You did? Yeah. I think, I don't know if I remember. Like I intramural. Yeah, intramural, <laughs> like water polo PE class. Exhausting, isn't it? It was the hardest sport I have ever done. And, and so I understand, too, that it, it's a bit violent <laughs> oh. and rough a little bit. Out there in the water. And so the class was filled. I mean, there were some regular students, but there was a lot of the guys who weren't weren't good enough to be like on the water polo team, but probably played in high school and just wanted to do it for fun. So there were some well built guys, and they'd like wear Speedos. I just wear the normal, like. Swim trunks. I'm not. No I'm not no wearing. I'm not wearing a speedo. No, no way chance. You so I just wore the normal, you know, like board short trunks. That's out like there in his jail. The That's out there in his jams. I'm not wearing a speedo. No chance. I'm wearing a speedo in public. Ever. Question. When, Ever. When you. When you signed up for the class, I would get the feeling of like, yeah, I'll sign up for water. I'll get some exercise. I told really good exercise. And like, then, okay, that can be fun. But then, I mean, it was good. It's a good swimmer. On the least. walk back to the car after signing my name on the dotted line, I would have gone, oh no, oh no, do I have to wear a speedo? I never really thought about it. It's just, there's no chance. And no one ever made me. I just wore the regular. The You didn't wear the, re- the requisite speedo. No, I did not wear it. Was, no one said I had to, so I didn't Have you do guys it. ever worn a speedo? I've never, never even worn tried a, one I've on. I've never even tried a speedo on. No. I don't know that you would find a more disgusting picture than the three of us in speedos. <laughs> I really, because there's, you have to like. It's so common, like in Europe, people yes. at the beach. All the guys, that's all they wear is speedos. You'd Why? Be, you'd look weird if what you were in the What is the trunks. purpose of a speedo? Aerodynamics? You're, in, you're laying out no at the beach. no idea. Oh, tan line, Tan maybe? line, I guess. Yeah. I wouldn't, I can think of. I'm telling you, we do a lot of bets. I wouldn't think <laughs> for anything. And, and the weird thing is, it's. I mean, I guess it's kind of a modesty issue, but my lower, like my lower half, is definitely my better half. So, like showing yeah. off my legs and stuff wouldn't isn't really the problem. <laughs> Not what I meant. But. When we did our live stream out at Fantasy Camp, this dude had his shorts basically hiked <laughs> up as high. high. Your creamy, thick t- thighs. We're well I've just been sp- working out more, and my thigh, they've just been getting more muscular, which causes the shorts to ride up a little bit more. Miley in the chat says, I like a man in a Speedo. No, you don't. You absolutely <laughs> don't. There's no way you like a man You like a college water polo player <laughs> yeah, of course. in a Speedo. You have but to. we're not college water polo players. Jeff says they're super comfy. I wear they them are? when I swim. They don't look super comfy. Bro, I couldn't. says, I was opposed for so long, and oh. then I tried it. I guess you can't can't knock it if you haven't tried oh, it. Oh, I'll absolutely but I also knock it. Don't I'll really knock swim. it and knock it. Yeah, I don't swim. If you're swimming laps in the pool, like at the Y for see exercise, it but being good. But like when, the only time I get in the pool is like 
in Vegas at the hotel and I'm just kind of sitting there sipping a drink. I don't need to be in a speedo for that. I'll give you. I will give you one thousand dollars. <laughs> I will give you a thousand dollars cash if no. the next time you go to Vegas, shoot, that could be you, for a couple nights. You rock, and I mean nothing but a speedo, speedo your slides and sit by the pool. And I need like, I need like. Fifty minutes of video, <laughs> so that I know you didn't change nah, immediately. It's not worth it. Not worth it. it. it you have to, <laughs> you have to groom. You know, like right. you don't want like no loose hairs because that's what you see in Europe. The, yeah. You see, you're like, hey, 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 what are you hiding down there? You got a wig, a merkin? Like it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> disgusting, man. I mean, you can see kind of the outline of oh, things in a speedo absolutely, too. Absolutely, man. It's not um, a lot left like of the imagination. Sign. Absolutely, it's a division <laughs> sign. It's exactly right. <laughs> so gross. If you're a speedo wearer out there, I, mean, I guess I understand, but I really. And don't. you see them occasionally, like on the beach here. But when a guy wears them here, that's a statement. If you wear you a speedo are to the beach, fearless, dude. Yeah, plum smuggler. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's no good. That is no good. Miley, I don't believe you for a second that you like a man in a Speedo. I really don't believe I don't believe it. I've never. Michael Phelps doesn't look good. In, no one looks good in them, I don't think. Megan says, make it 1,500 and I'll do it. <laughs> It'd be the best money I ever spent in my life. <laughs> Just pull poor Polly. How bad would you be? The walk from your room down to the oh, pool with the robe. Chilling yeah, in the elevator. Open robe, though. you got to be open robe. Open robe. Short open <laughs> robe all the way down in the elevator <laughs> through the casino. I, I wonder how much we can raise to get this <laughs> It ain't worth it. It's not worth it. Bro, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It'd be like, it'd have to be $20,000 for me to do it. 20000 and that is Don't and Do Do This for a Tuesday. <laughs> that was Don't Do This with Ben and Woods on 97.3 The Fan. I love so much that you wore your jams in the pool instead of your Speedo. I'm not wearing this I'm thing. I'm not wearing that thing. I'll just wear my normal. <laughs> yes, I have a rash guard on. Don't worry about it. Did you play basketball in jeans or sweatpants, too? <laughs> I'm not wearing shorts. That is so good. Oh, had a trade that went down in baseball last night as well. It didn't really involve teams that we're that interested in, but something was happening. Uh, we can get into the move and the prospects to watch at spring training, including uh, some Padres making the list of former GM Jim Bowden. Benny, I got an interesting thought on this. Did the Polanco move we're about to talk about, did that basically set the market for a Jake Cronenworth? Interesting. You know? Uh, we'll uh, get into that trade coming up next here with Ben Woods on 97.3 The Fan.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. There's a little postscript to my water polo story. I did learn eventually why water polo players wear their Speedos, and it's not simply to show off their plums, their perfect bodies. Oh. Um, water polo is an incredibly, like, under the water, you're constantly, like, kicking and pushing and grabbing and fighting, like, like a basketball player fighting for position in the key, except you're also doing it while treading water. You push guys down, like, under the water a lot. It's very violent. It's a very violent physical sport. Uh, that I did not totally realize how how physical it was, <laughs> and the pool, the, the 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 school pool was only about a block from my dorm, so I just walk. You know, great weather, Southern California, flip flops, bathing suit, t shirt, and my towel, and I just go, and then I'd walk back and change. I didn't bring like all my clothes every time. So one late in the semester, we had a big, you know, we're matches and we're fighting, you know, I'm in, I'm the big guy. So I'm in the middle there and I'm battling with the guy and he's pushing and he absolutely completely rips my pants, like <laughs> to the point where I have to now hold them on or they are going to fall off because oh, 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 my they completely like ripped all the way down the side. <laughs> I just so, drooled, by the way. <laughs> so I, it's, it's right at the end. So I get out and I, I put my towel on, but I have to like, I have to like hold my pants oh from my falling off the entire time until I can get back to the dorm to change because, well, that's why you wear Speedos and water polo. Less fabric to grab yeah, onto. It's actually sense. a competitive advantage to have um, less material there for other other guys to rip at and fight at and pull on. You should do it nude. It really would be the best way. <laughs> but then they could... That's true. There'd be other things to grab, right? Out, so. Which is yeah. not good. It's not what you want in the. Pool. So there's my water polo story. Well, Polly made a good point as well about our bet. You know, I said I'll give you thousand dollars if you go to Vegas. He goes, you know what? I would if I, I had to if you it. had to do it. Gun to your head, Vegas would be the place because you see the dregs of the earth in Vegas. You, you can be anybody all. you want in Las. No Vegas. one bats an eye at anything in at Vegas. Anything. anything you're like, oh. Elvis with his wiener hanging out. He's if walking down the street. If you told me, hey, we're going to go down and film a video of you in a Speedo down in PB, you're going to walk up and down Garnett. We're going to have lunch at Shore Club. Bro, the, it's a $20,000 is my minimum. fee. That's exactly right. Like, minimum. That's exactly right. Not oh. a chance. But Vegas, you're like, eh. I've already seen it all. I can Vegas. be anybody I want in Las Vegas. <laughs> anybody I want. I love that. I love that. So I'm interested to see how Woods uh, has an idea of potentially tying a trade that went down yesterday that had nothing to do with the Padres 
And let's make it have to do with the Padres just a little bit. We'll get to that after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So the Minnesota Twins pulled off a deal yesterday that did not involve outfielder Max Kepler, who we have speculated as a possible trade target for the Padres, needing outfield help. But their other big piece that they've been potentially looking to move this offseason, second baseman Jorge Polanco, did go to the Seattle Mariners in a four-for-one exchange with the Twins receiving a couple of major league players, including uh, pitcher Anthony DiSclefani, uh, and then some minor leaguers, including uh, their number five prospect. Number, I got uh, number three prospect. Number three, Gabriel Gonzalez, yep. uh, as well as reliever Justin Topa. Uh, in that deal as well, cash considerations, the deal was announced uh, last night. Uh, obviously, Seattle getting a, a solid player uh, in Polanco, who I believe is going into the last year of his contract. They exercised a $10.5 million option, so uh, they're getting something for him before he hits free agency. The Mariners uh, trying to, to reload and still compete there in the AL West. Uh, the Twins... You know, they're in the central. They feel like you can always compete in the central, and they're trying to get younger and, you know, address other needs with this trade. You know, it's rare that when you see a trade come down, it's usually what's our natural inclination? Ooh, that Team X got fleeced, right? I looked at this trade yesterday and I went, yeah, it's good. It's good for both teams. Uh, I really, I think it is. I think it's it, Seattle's in kind of a, a win now mode, and as are the Twins, Ben. They want to win as well. Um, but they got, I mean, uh, Topa's going to be great. I mean, he's a back back of the bullpen type guy. Um, two sixty one ERA last year, sixty one Ks and sixty nine innings. He's nasty. He's got nasty, nasty stuff. He's going to help the Twins tremendously. Uh, Di Sclafani, I feel bad for that guy, man. He's just kind of bounced around over and over, but he'll be able to compete for a rotation spot. Uh, Gabriel Gonzalez, as we mentioned, as you said, number five prospect. I had number three prospect, number seventy nine overall. They're getting help in their in their minor leagues, and uh, Darren Bowen was the other throw, and he's going to just give you some depth. But it got me thinking. I looked at the numbers uh, between. Jorge Polanco and Jake Cronenworth. Polanco is a 30-year-old infielder with one all-star appearance. Jake Cronenworth, 30-year-old infielder with two all-star appearances. Uh, Polanco had about 100 points higher in OPS uh, in a lot fewer at-bats than Jake did last year. Hit only four more home runs. Hit 30 points higher in batting average. And I thought, all right, so does that set the market for... Decent average second baseman. No, it does not. Well, I mean, the biggest, you know, in this day and age, the production is not the biggest issue. It's the contract. And, you know, Seattle is not worried. You know, it's not a long term deal. Nope. It's one year, 10 million with Jake. It's seven years. It's 70 million. He's up to, he go. Jake goes through, he'll make $12 million a year to the end of the 2030 season. Now, $12 million a year, Ben, is not, that's not. Now, now, if Jake comes back and has a good season, yeah. it changes the equation. It changes everything. But, but right now, Jake is, I mean, he's like radioactive at this point, I think. I that think contract that for bad. other teams. It's not that uh, Not for bad. us. Not for the Padres, necessarily. But Everyone's just, acting like he's going to be making Hosmer money. But I just don't think there's, but just don't think there's any money. market for it right now. Well, but knowing the Padres have looked to, and I don't want him gone, uh, but knowing the Padres have looked to trade him, you see what, Another team is able to get, and I don't think you could get the same haul. I don't, but I do think you could get something. I I was looking to see. Okay, so the Mar- the Twins are obviously dealing. So could Max Kepler be next? Uh, did this open up a hole at second base? I don't know. What's their plan to replace Polanco? Uh, is uh, you know Hassan Kim someone they might target? I you know I don't know if they're adding someone, but that's a, a smaller salary. 
than Polanco was making. Yeah. And I thought, well, Kepler is someone the Padres could use, and then maybe a pitcher as well. Didn't see a lot of starting pitchers that I thought that they would be making available, though. They're kind of in need still as well. So they're not in a position to deal pitching, at least, which leaves just... And I, I wouldn't do a Kepler for Kim trade. No, I feel like God, that's a big... No. That would be a big loss for the Padres. You're getting a... You're getting basically a less valuable player. You're getting someone who is in, you know, has injury concerns more than than Kim did. That's just not valuable enough. So even if they were looking for a second baseman, not a deal I would pursue. Yep. So yeah, and, I I just you know you wonder and and I don't know how many teams are are in the market and think that they you know they look at, at a guy like Crony and say no no we can we can fix him you know we can fix him he's. Certainly valuable in the infield, can play every position, I would imagine, uh, if, if called upon. And, you know, you look at it, his, the highest his deals ever knew was $12 bucks a year. That's it. It's, I mean, which is not nothing, but it's not Eric Hosmer number. No, I think it's the seven years, though. Is, yeah, it's is, the, the being locked in until 2030. That's the issue. And, and, again, Jake could rebound quickly with that value, with a decent season. But right now... I just can't see another team yeah. wanting to give up anything of value well, at least. Got, I mean, you'd, if you'd you'd be the one throwing in a Justin exactly. Topa, you know what I mean, exactly. to get to get rid exactly. of that deal, which you don't want to do yeah. uh, necessarily. But you know, you you could look at it and go, okay, well, this is the this is the, and I don't even want to call them comparable players. I think Polanco is probably a better player right now, their season last year, and he's been doing it a lot longer. But again, I mean, if teams are willing to to wheel and deal. Get out from under things. You know, I, I think that I think you just explained it well. Though the reason I think Jake will not be traded anytime soon is that he's too valuable for the Padres to add prospects just to get rid of. Correct. But he's not valuable enough for anyone to take on or give up anything for right. because of that contract. Which means there's really no way for the Padres and another team without. You know, going through a lot of mental gymnastics to come up with any reasonable Jake Cronenworth trade at this point. Yeah, I, I, I like I said, I think he's going to be here. My I, gut, I do too. My gut tells me right now he's he's probably your starting first baseman again. Um, yeah, you know, this moment he most definitely he most is. definitely is today for sure. All right, um, yesterday uh, Jim Bowden, the former GM who now works for the Athletic, came out with his list of the forty young prospects he's most excited to see during uh, spring training. Had three Padres on the list: uh, Ethan Salas, no, no surprise there. Everyone's excited to see the development of one of the top youngest prospects in baseball at seventeen years old. He put Dylan Lesko on his list, uh, which is. Also, not surprising, he didn't get a Major League uh, camp invitation from the Padres, but his stuff is uh, electric, and I know that scouts are, are really excited about it. The one that surprised me is he put Michael King on his list, and I I never really considered King to be a prospect. Right. Uh, you know, He's been in the big leagues for the better part of up and down, obviously, but for four or five years now. Yeah. He's 28 years old, and I, I, I'd say he's past the stage of prospects. I, I think he probably thinks the same thing. <laughs> so He saw that and goes, what the hell? What am, thing, I, doing, what am things, I doing on this list? Big things for me. Uh, I do like the fact that you know a guy like Bowden is excited about Michael King sure. and wants to see what he can do with the San Diego Padres. I am also excited to see Michael King. Maybe more excited than anyone else when we go to spring training next month to see in person uh only because i've seen the other guys you know for the most part that are on the team up close and he's one that is intriguing and new and new things are fun in spring training so i'm definitely excited to see him i just i'm surprised he'd land on a list of prospects felt like that day had passed a couple of years ago 
Yeah, I mean, there's five other Padres prospects right. that like, Snelling. I'm really excited to see for sure. Yeah, Marcy, and, and I mean, there's a ton. Is, is it Jackson Merrill? Yeah, Jackson not on Merrill, the list. There, not on the list. But, That's interesting. Well, I mean, he had to do. There's 30 teams. He had to do 40 guys. So uh, that that did that did feel a little bit odd. Uh, he says about he says about Dylan Lesko. I want to see how the Padres are working with him on his delivery to achieve more consistent release point, which should reduce the walks. He has wow, raw stuff. Uh, in Salas, considered the best catching prospect in baseball, the best overall prospect in the Padres system. He's only 17 years old. He did not disappoint uh, in his first pro season, making it all the way to Double A. Everyone in the sport wants to see him this spring. He is one of the guys, too. We're going to be out there in a few weeks. Yeah, man. Like, he's one of those guys I can't wait to post up and just watch him work. Um, it is that position. He's like Fernando Tatis Jr. in that sense. And you want to just go watch him. Like when they brought Fernando over from Chicago, they they invited him out to Petco Park for a game, and I just happened to be down there on the field for batting practice. And when he walked in, everyone just stopped. Yeah. And he was a kid. He was 17. Yeah. And you're like, I can tell. You're gonna, he's like he's gonna fill that uniform out. Yeah, he's gonna he's got he's got it. First I don't time, know what it is, but he's got it. And first, when we were out at fantasy camp uh, two weeks ago. Every time Ethan Salas walked down the hallway, <laughs> you just kind of stopped. You're like, wow. I remember oh. the first time we ever interviewed uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. You just had that that there was that aura, you know, about him. Like, oh, this is not too big for you at all. Like you you're gonna be just fine. You know, I mean, I know he grew up around the game and in ballparks and stuff. But there's certain guys you see and they're like. Wide-eyed, he was not. He was like, "All right, this is baseball." <laughs> I, now we didn't get to see a, a Salas in a in a game in person, but we saw him on one of the backfields, didn't we? Last year when we went, I think so. Yeah, well, I saw. Uh, I saw him walking from yeah. the backfield. I didn't actually go see him catching at all. Catching, I, I'd, I'd like to see him up close. Salas? Yeah, in a bullpen. Are session. you here last spring? He yeah, yeah, he was there last yeah. week. I remember him walking and, and signing autographs. He got for into kids. a couple of the games he did. Uh, later in spring training in the, the big league. Club. Got a couple knocks too. Um, yeah, that's right. But I, I remember watching him at fantasy camp in that drill that will be in my mind forever. <laughs> uh, just, just an incredible, incredible talent. So excited about the future for him. So uh, yeah, just um, you know, we will definitely be doing a little prospect watching, and that's okay. Doesn't mean you're not. Also excited about the major league team trying to win, but this is definitely feels like a, a, a newer direction for the San Diego Padres, a blending of the the old and new, and hopefully they can make it work for them like the yeah. Texas Rangers made it work for them last season. Yeah, we'll look forward to that, Greg. All right, uh, we still have two hours to go. Uh, if you missed it, we pushed back uh, Take on Wood, so we'll get to that coming up here at maybe 810? Yeah. Uh, when we come back, uh, reset and then do it like uh, an hour later. So if you want to get online early, uh, in the next couple of minutes, you can uh, hold on at 833-288-0973. Still have our musical trivia game, chance to qualify for the Getaway to Las Vegas, concert tickets and more at the Westgate, 833-288-0973. Have that coming up. Um, we had A.J. Cassaville writing yesterday about the Padres pitching staff. You know, how do they fill it out? We talked uh, a little bit this morning about... Michael Lorenzen and, you know, the free agent possibility that exists there. What about the in-house options? You know, how do you think it's going to shake out coming up in spring training beyond the first three starters? Uh, We'll talk about that coming up as well. Two hours down, two hours to go. Glad to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. Bennett Woods, not wearing Speedos at the moment on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan.
home on a Tuesday, Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Appreciate you being here with us. Looks like a, another beautiful, beautiful day here in San Diego. As we mentioned in the open, uh, in case you missed it, the rains are coming. Please prepare yourselves as best you can. Don't want to get caught uh, again. It's, you know, they're talking three inches on the coast, I think Benny said. Um, just could be could be devastating again. So make sure you take care of yourself. Get your ducks in a row. Sandbags. Sandbags. I don't really know what I do with I sandbags, either. but I know that they're helpful when yeah. it's going to rain. Yeah, you like make little <laughs> forts. forts and stuff. We used to make dams and cricks when we were Did little kids. Did you? Oh, yeah, dude. It was the best. There was a creek by our, I call it Crick because I'm from Texas. But uh, we used to go down to the creek. And when we weren't fishing for crawdads. And that's like man, a creek. Yeah. But in Texas. In Texas. Uh, and we would make dams, and it was like so a fun. Beaver. Yeah, like a beaver. <laughs> we would put sticks and rocks down. And you just stop the flow like of water morons. and create a little lake. Yeah, just make yeah, like make a little dam. It was so cool. The things that you remember disturb the natural habitat yes, exactly. of all the critters and the cricks. That's exactly right. Probably shouldn't have done it. Probably but, not. But we did it. We did it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, listen, please take care of yourselves out there and uh, prepare. Check on your. Your elderly neighbors, people that uh, need a little bit of extra help, certainly. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle, the executive producer. Ben Higgins, your friendly neighborhood sports anchor here as well. I got a tweet yesterday from – there's like three Dodger fans in the world that I can handle, and he's one of them. I love this guy. I don't know why, but we've just – he knows that I'm – he knows I break balls, and he gets it. He realizes his team is ridiculous, and we, we go back and forth on Twitter a lot. He's a really funny dude. Dodgers meme team, I think is his name. He cracks me up. And uh, he, t- he tweeted us yesterday, hey, you guys going to Radio Row? And I go, no, <laughs> F no, never again. I remember when we started here at 97.3 The Fan, I remember going to Adam. And I, I don't remember where the Super Bowl was that year, our first year here. But I said, hey, any plans to send us? And he's like, no. And I was like, Phew. and I was like kind of pissy about it. And I was like, oh, okay, this is how it's going to be. It was... There's no way that I will ever go to Radio Row again. I just I, I couldn't stand it when I went. It is completely useless for us. We don't even have an NFL team in here. It's like burning money. Then I saw where they're putting the media up, and I went, oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, thank God. They're all, st- all the media is staying at the Luxor. Miami would have been the first year yeah. that we were here. Well, we would have had fun in Miami, but where did you're talking you, about when you 5, did go 000, to Radio Row. Atlanta. 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 Yeah, that's right. You're talking about a $5,000 trip. Easily. Easily. Now, it's Vegas. Adam would have made us drive in one car. 
The Luxor is the type of hotel that if you let Adam book your hotel, he would put you in the Luxor. That's what a dump it is. It's the I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how. I remember when it was the uh, the eighth wonder of the world yeah. when it first opened. But, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't seen be- better days. I couldn't believe how bad it was. Not the worst place actually to stay for this Super Bowl though. That honor likely goes across the street to the Tropicana, which they are only keeping open. For another few weeks, so yeah. they can stuff people in for Super Bowl week and March Madness, and then they are demolishing the place to make way for the A's stadium. So, if you want to, if you want to talk about no reason, like like the last days of Qualcomm Stadium, remember how bad things got. I I can only imagine <sighs> that every like piece of maintenance that they can not do for the Tropicana for the last couple of years is like no reason to put any money in this place. We are it's hitting the wrecking ball here in a few months, so. That's got to be the worst place to stay during Super Bowl week now. <laughs> I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I said if he wanted us to go out and cover the Super Bowl and go to Radio Row, I think I'd rather commute <laughs> to go out and drive out there every day. It was so Just leave at one in the bad. morning. <laughs> yeah, leave at one in the, the morning. The other corner ain't that great either with the Excalibur there as well. Circus Circus is awful in the chat. Rio is the worst. We have a lot of Vegas hotel haters in our chat yes, right now. Yes, the hoteliers are uh, in the chat right now. I, I remember um, Oh, my dad once had to stay at the Imperial Palace. Oh, the <laughs> IP. Holy <laughs> shit. Sm- I think I've stayed there. They've uh, updated now. It's now the Link, I believe, and they've, uh, they've oh, that's done some nice. refreshing of yeah. it. But the, when it used to be, the Imperial Palace was not, well, not good. Everybody always says, well, it's Vegas. How often are you in your room? I'm like, I'm in my room a lot because I usually burn through my money uh, in the first day and I end up chilling in the room. I'm not in my room a lot, but I still like a nice room. Of course. (laughs) I don't want the crappy $39 a night room. The Luxor, I still remember, like, itching. Like, just just itchy and... (laughs) Is it real or is it psychosomatic? I don't know. I'm itching now. ah, (laughs) Thinking about it. Ugh. God. Now I'm itching. Now I'm itching, thinking about the luxury. Bed bug is in our studio now. It was a dump. It was. I, I walked in and I go. We were there for a bachelor party, and I was like, "Oh." Now no. everyone wants to know what's the best hotel. The on best trip. The best I've ever stayed. The Venetian I was just at, and it was amazing. It was lovely. The wind was really nice. I, I stayed just like one super, night at the oh, win. The Cosmo was on. Bellagio was obviously really, really nice. Cosmo was incredible. Cosmo is very modern and yeah. updated and and very cool. Loved it. I great, want to stay at Cosmo. Time. It's on our list. Uh, we stayed at our. We loved it. Yeah, we stayed at Nomad, which is a boutique hotel within in the, the Park hotel. MGM. And I stayed at the Park, Park MGM, MGM, and it was okay too. I mean, for not as the high end the, the, as the other ones, it was definitely Nomad solid. Was amazing. The one that surprised me the most was Monte Carlo. It was fantastic. Had a, and it was dirt cheap. I was like, it's a nice building. It's down there by Mar- by all the, the Bellagio and everything. Had a great time there. Um, you know, look, there's there's a handful where you can't go wrong. You're gonna. That's be fine. now the Park MGM. Is that what yeah, it is? Okay. That's that was the Monte Carlo. Yeah. But that's they've updated it. Wind to and Park Encore MGM, yeah. are very nice. Yeah, it's every time know, I walk through, I see like they have all the uh, convention people always staying there. Well, it's like you know that you know they always say you're never in your room, and I'm I, for me, I can only do a little bit of small doses here and there. I need to go back and recharge the batteries. Obviously, I can walk room. up and down the strip all day. Long. People uh, asking well, about I'm Circa. Old. They've done a lot of advertising. So that's downtown. That's yeah, I've never stayed there. Strip. I stayed at um, the Golden Nugget once, and I had a bad experience. As that was the <laughs> night the 
room above us left the bathtub on and we ended oh, up the water no. was dripping on us like in the middle of the night and we, i woke up and where spl- was it the golden nugget downtown not my best experience now it's not their fault that the person above us had the it was during covid too we were on a road trip getting home and that was a bad night. Fritz wants to know if we ever stayed at the Bunny Ranch. No, I have not <laughs> stayed at the Bunny Ranch, and I think the missus would probably frown. Yeah, me and the guys are heading to Vegas. We're staying at the Bunny Ranch, like Lamar Odom did for a month. No, we're good. We're going to... Wasn't he in like a coma? He was. He went really hard at the Bunny Ranch, really hard. But no, we will not be at... Uh... We will not be doing Super Bowl coverage for you guys. Uh, yeah, the new places I haven't been to, uh, Resorts World and the, the Fontainebleau are, are both open that now. just opened. Haven't been to either one of those Green yet. Valley Ranch is far, but it's beautiful. Stunning. Stunning, stunning place. Uh, but it's way out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I stayed at Green Valley Ranch once, the off-strip. Yeah. They have a lot of those off-strip, like Sam's Town, and yeah. never been to some of those off-strip places, but... Cheater wants to know what the bunny ranch is. It's a brothel. <clears throat> not in so actually it is their prostitution is not legal in uh Clark County, which is where Las Vegas is. All right, let's listen out- to the foremost authority on prostitution <laughs> in Nevada. Ben, it is, if you would, it is legal and regulated in the outlying county of Pahrump, Nevada, which I believe is west of, of Las Vegas. I've never been to Pahrump County myself, but that's where you'll find haven't Some of you? those establishments, like the uh, the Bunny Ranch and the Chicken Ranch and other ranches, I don't know why they call them ranches. They don't do any ranching, as far as I'm, as far as I know. You say that it's illegal there, but they're everywhere. It is not legal, though. Now, I don't believe it's as strongly enforced <laughs> as maybe some other jurisdictions around the country. When you get one of those flyers that Polly likes to bring back for me when he goes, the yeah. little the well, hand out the trading cards, trading yeah. cards. You still have yours? Those are not those are not for legal services. You still have? I yours? think I believe still have it in my wallet. It's my favorite thing. In his Every wallet. time I go to Vegas, he I have to grab a ben stack back. of booby cards somewhere in the somewhere in the bottom here. Sorry, we got nothing but time. Do I have it? <laughs> You better I did not. a wallet clean out at some point. It may not have made the cut, but what? I know Polly will go again soon. So I will. Uh, I will get some new ones. Yeah, I don't want to have. He's got them at home, yeah. in a, uh, like that you put your baseball cards <laughs> yeah. in, in the, the sleeves, sleeves. <laughs> yeah. a binder. <laughs> Still waiting to get my Delilah card <laughs> signed Delilah. by the uh, signed by the athlete herself. By the athlete herself. <laughs> well, we can probably make that happen here in a few weeks, Ben. So, and uh, most definitely, most definitely will. All right, do we have a contestant on the line for Take On Woods? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe is good enough for me. Let's uh, let's play our game. It's time for Take On Woods. Take on Woods. Take on me. Woods. Daniel, are you calling for Take On Woods? Yes, sir. Oh, fantastic, Paulie. We are saved by good. Daniel. We're good. Daniel, uh, if you can beat Woods in our five-question musical trivia challenge or even tie him, we will send you... To the great land of Las Vegas, the Westgate, uh, near the Strip, not on the Strip, but very close, uh, the Las Vegas Resort and Casino. They've updated $70 million in upgrades, room renovations, plus, in addition to your two-night stay, uh, we'll hook you up with tickets to Tom Kiefer and L.A. Guns performing on April 11th at their International Theater. Uh, Take on Woods is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change. It only takes 15 minutes. You don't have to get out of your car. For directions, discounts, go to SoCalOilChange.com. That's SoCalOilChange.com. Dot com. All right, Daniel, let's get to the categories today. Your choices are Up in the Air, 
Five song titles, musical artists that include Air. The mystery category, can't give you much more there, but it's always fun. And our new category, Make Believe. Those are five different song titles that include the word make. Up in the air, the mystery category, or make believe. Daniel? Let's do up in the air. Up in the air. All right. Uh, five questions. They're either song titles or musical artists. You'll find the word air in each of the answers. Polly's going to have to queue up our two-second song. That's where we'll start. You need to give me the title of the song and the artist on that one. Then we'll go on from there. If you don't know an answer, say pass. We can come back to it if there's time left at the end of the 60 seconds. Daniel, you know how it works, right? You ready to play? Good. Polly, uh, you fast-forwarded enough yep. to get our song ready? All right, 60 seconds on the clock. Category is up in the air. Your time begins when Paul plays our music. Good luck, Daniel. Let's take on Woods. Phil Collins made the drum break near the end of the song a signature moment in which debut solo single. In the air tonight. Correct. The clean radio version of which Steve Miller band hit uses the line funky kicks going down in the city instead of a bleepable word. Uh, ah. In West Philadelphia, born and raised, is the first line of which TV theme song by DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith. Fresh Air. Correct. Grace Slick was a vocalist for which psychedelic San Francisco rock band from the late 1960s? Jefferson Airplane. Correct. Let's go back to our two-second song. Uh, oh, man. Uh, that air supply? Uh, that song. I... Making love out of nothing at all. Oh no, the clean. Oh, you you got air supply, but it was all out of love. I'm so lost without you. Uh, but you did get air supply. You got in the air tonight, though. The Fresh Prince of Bel Air and Jefferson Airplane for a score of three. Jet Airliner was the uh, Steve Miller Band song. So three is the score for Daniel Woods. Does not get the category. He returns to the studio to take his shot. All right, Daniel's score is locked in. See if you can defend your title here today. 60 seconds back on the clock. Your time begins when Paul plays the music. Good luck, Woods. Let's take on Daniel. Even the Knights are better by Air Supply? Incorrect. Ah! Phil Collins made the drum break near the end of the song. In the air tonight. Correct. The clean radio version of which Steve Miller band hit uses the line, funky kicks going down in the city instead of a bleepable word. Uh... Jet Airliner. Correct. In West Philadelphia, born and raised is the first line of which TV... Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Correct. Grace Slick was a vocalist for which... Jefferson Airplane. Oh, and that's four, and he needed all four of them to win four to three. (laughs) Jet Airliner, the difference. Neither of you Air Supply. All Out of Love by Air Supply. What did I say it was? You said it was... Even the Nights Yeah, something like that. Air Supply, and the category was up in the air. Yeah, air in all the answers. Very good. Very good question. I'm surprised right you didn't get uh, all out of love, though. That was it was it was crescendoing to I'm all out of love. I just jumped the gun. Then. I'm so lost without you. It's a good one. That is a really good one. All right, uh, Daniel. Thanks for playing. Close. Mm. No cigar today. No trip to Las Vegas after our big discussion of trips to Las Vegas. Yep. 
Sorry All right, about um, it. let's uh, let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. Uh, Aztecs have a big game tonight, huge game against Colorado State, uh, like the biggest maybe of the season so far. I'll explain why when we come back after a check of traffic on ninety-seven three. The fan. Tweets into to Ben and Woods. At Ben and Woods. Thanks a million. Was really looking forward to next week in Vegas. He uh, oh, posts no. his itinerary of staying at the Luxor for five days. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, maybe it's changed. I would imagine, Lalo, they've they've cleaned it up a little it's bit. It's still a pyramid, which is cool. Yeah. I mean, if you like, you know, walls that are kind of diagonal as opposed to straight, you're definitely getting that. Unless they put you in the secondary building, which then... Totally defeats the purpose of being at the Luxor. Also, but. Lalo, if you like scabies, then this is your favorite place. You're going to love it. Crabs. Not, not to be confused with scraby. That's right. totally different. <laughs> totally different. We like scraby. We don't like scabies. Correct. Correct. We like Boomer and Valenti. Do we? They, do we? Uh, do we like Boomer and yes, Valenti? You're every so Friday full night of at 7 p.m. I've never listened to Boomer and Valenti. I absolutely liar, have. liar. I have not listened to the entire hour, but I've been have, in the car. It's been on. You are so full of it. I have enjoyed the moments that I have in- <laughs> listened to Boomer and Valenti. It is presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it and by Lowe's. Lowe's knows home improvement. Can I um so I think words are important and should be chosen carefully. Same. But at the same time, can we get over the fact that sometimes in sports we call something a must-win game when it's not? Sure. Because there's only, you know, one must-win game at the end of every season and if you're eliminated or not, then it's a must-win game. But in the in the case of college basketball this season for the Aztecs and the Colorado State Rams tonight, this feels like a must-win game. Now, it's not. You could always lose this one and then win every game the rest of the way and still win the conference. But to maintain yourself in a reasonable position to win the Mountain West this year, both teams kind of need this one tonight. Colorado State needs it badly. They're 3-4 and four already in the Mountain West. Now, it's all four road losses. They're 3-0 and oh at home. Uh, so they have not lost a home game. The Aztecs, there are only one and two on the road, and as we've been talking about, they need to pick up one or two of these road games if, if they want to have a chance to, to. to win the conference regular season title. And it seems like Colorado State right for the picking. They lost twice last week at Nevada and at Wyoming. Uh, close games, but you know they're a team that's struggling right now, and the Aztecs have had an entire week off to get ready for this one. Colorado State has played twice since the last time San Diego State took the floor. If you're ever going to go and steal one, this feels like one that is at least doable. And when you have one like that, you got to get the one like that because they're going to be tougher games on the road that the Aztecs have to play. This is the start of a stretch of seven in a row that are are pretty challenging. Uh, Utah State, who's in first place, comes to Vieja Serena on Saturday. Uh, and then you've got 
more, you know, ranked teams. You got Colorado State and Utah State again. You have to go to Air Force while they're not one of the better teams. It's still high altitude and always tough travel to go and play a team like that. Uh, you've got Nevada again on the road, which is a tough place to play. So it feels like you want to get off to a good start of the stretch here. You don't want to fall two games out of first place. So for the Aztecs, it's a pretty must-win game. For Colorado State, it's a very must-win game, which makes it kind of an exciting Tuesday night battle uh, at Moby Arena in Fort Collins tonight. And one I'll definitely be interested to see how the Aztecs kind of respond from getting a few days off. Uh, I always like, you know, Brian Dutcher will take this extra time, this buy that he had, and it's the only time really you get to work on your own team. You know, most of the time in college basketball, you're playing a game on Wednesday, and then you're playing it on Saturday. So all you can do is, all right, here's what the next team does. Here's their offense. Here's how we counter it on defense. Here's their defense. Here's how we counter on offense. It's constantly just scouting, and that's all you do. When you have a bye and you have a couple days to practice, you can look at your own team and you go, all right, here's what's been working for us. Here's what's not. Let's scrap these. Let's do something else that's more you know, in line. So I would expect the Aztecs should – be a better version of themselves when they when they show up tonight at Colorado State. They're getting points tonight. They're too. getting they're points. getting two and a half points right now on the they're road in the Mountain West. On the road in the Mountain West, Benny Jaden Ladee will have his. Uh, he's got nine hundred ninety eight career points. Will certainly certainly eclipse the uh, thousand point mark tonight. You'd hope if Jaden Ladee does not eclipse the thousand point mark, this team's in a lot of trouble. Tonight. One thing a Dutch said over the weekend as he was uh, talking to the media and preparing for this game, he said. We are not shooting well. And you look at the numbers, I think field goal percentage, they're second to last in the conference, and three-point shooting percentage, they're dead last in the Mountain West. And you can look at that as a negative, obviously. But he said, but we're 16-4, and even though we aren't shooting well. And I do believe we have good shooters. So if we can find a way to start shooting the basketball like I think we're capable of, we could be a great team. We're not there yet. you got to shoot to be a great team, and we haven't done that. But to win 16 out of 20 games, 800 winning percentage, without really ever locking in as shooters, tells you that they're doing a lot of other things right so far this season. So can they get it going tonight? Will that shooting come? You know, Can they carry it through to the NCAA tournament? We will see. Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Oh, yeah, boy, not, here we not go. too late for Woods. No excuses for me. My you friend. actually can watch it. Uh, CBS CBS Sports Network. Good. Um, so it is available to everybody. And again, if they lose, I mean, they still are on track to make the NCAA tournament. You don't have to win the Mountain West. You just said it's a must-win game. I know, and you don't have to win the Mountain West <laughs> to get to the NCAA up tournament. Loading bowl of copium right now. I, I'm saying. That must win has different definitions, and if you want to be in the position, it's a must win, but you don't must, you don't have, you to don't win it. obviously, you don't have to win. <laughs> well, it. all right, so it's not. You tell me, I have to have strong sports takes, and you just said it's a must win game. Well, but it, it doesn't matter. But if they I win. mean, if they lose, they're not out of the NCAA tournament or anything. So it's yeah. not a must. Win. So it's not a must win. Close, then. Which, which is what I said at the beginning. But there's, there's not never even close any, to a must win. There's game. never any must win games until the end of the season. You could go oh. And 30 in the regular season yeah. in college basketball. Win the- and if you win your conference tournament and then win six games in a row, you're the NCAA champion. So essentially, none of your first 30 games are ever must-win in college basketball. you can rattle off 10 straight wins at the end of the year, yep. you're, you're in. the national champion. <laughs>
It's amazing more teams don't take their foot off the gas early to try to save something <laughs> for the end. Duke, North Carolina, right. Kentucky, Doesn't all matter. These schools with the top recruits in the country. And you can go 30-0. and 0. Like, we're going to get you ramped up in February. And lose your first game in the NCAA tournament, and your season is over. Caitlin says, Ben, I'm so lost. I, nobody knows how to feel now after that explanation. I'm just saying, it's an important game. If we want to call it kind of a must win, you can, but I know it's not really he's a must win. He's got a shovel game. right now. And he's just... It's not real. There's no, there's no such thing as must win games, but let's. If in... we were in a court of law right now and I was a defense attorney, I'd be sure. You could take apart. My... Is it a must win game? No. Yes or no? No, Your Honor. No, it thank is not. you. Okay. The defense Nor rests. will any other game be a must win game <laughs> until March. Okay, so now I understand. When you say it's a must-win game, potentially, it's a game you really want them I'm to talking win. You just in, want I'm them talking to win in it. sportscaster hyperbole here. <laughs> and I admitted that at the very start of my speech, that this is sportscaster hyperbole. Cheater of said, course ben, it's not a must-win game. Cheater said Ben used to be my favorite. It's the soft, <laughs> waffly take. I'm gonna, we're, you're costing us an audience right now. <laughs> it's one you'd really like to see them win. And I would, too, as I just put money on them. So... Let's go Aztecs. All right. When we come back, uh, if you want to join us to talk some Padres baseball, where do you see the rest of the Padres rotation going right now? Behind Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, and Michael King. And how good is that top three? Eno Saris has a list out that... Love this. I actually was a little surprised. I was too. Pleasantly surprised when I saw it yesterday. Get to that coming up next with Ben Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. must-win show. Ooh, we got yeah, to win Christmas and holiday extravaganza. That's a must-win show. Like, it's the last one of the year. It's a must-win. Must-win show. We've never lost it. Never That's once. good to know. Yeah, never lost it's it good once. to know. Absolutely dominated it every year. This feels like a must-win game. <laughs> but it only feels that way because it it's not. Like it's actually yeah. a must-win game. Tell about the text that you got. Yeah, Jim Brogan, uh, former Clipper, has uh, done a lot of broadcasting, San Diego State and other uh, college broadcasting, says, I can't tell you how many times I've heard a coach tell me it's a must-win game. But it's not. It's college basketball. <laughs> Until you get to the conference tournament, there are no must-win games in college basketball. It's freaky that way. When I'm running the Tier 1 baseball team, every game is a must-win <laughs> game, and I will manage as such. Which is so fine. You know. I mean, you you got to motivate any way you... Yeah, you'll lose playing time, but whatever. You know, logic dictates it's not really a must-win no, game. it's not. But I definitely... But you want to see him win. Preferred to win it. I get it. You prefer, <laughs> it's a preferred win. A preferred it's a win. preferred yeah. win game. But then again, which games are not preferred win games? I prefer, I prefer to lose this one tonight. <laughs> it's, a, it's just a matter of degrees at this point. That's right. All right, uh, Eno's new list 
uh, should give you a little bit of encouragement if you're a Padres fan talking about the pitching rotation. Get to that right after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fan. So Eno Saris of The Athletic, he of our weekly smart baseball appearances uh, in anticipation of the new Major League Baseball season, released his starting pitching fantasy rankings yesterday. Now, normally I'd say, oh, fantasy, throw it out the window. But this is Eno. And his uh, his information is always based on you know the the top data that he can get his stuff plus his location plus his pitching plus and fantasy numbers are derived based on how well guys they're, actually pitch. They're so, real numbers. So yeah. in, in this sense, this is a ranking of essentially the top pitchers in baseball. Uh, you might move guys around a little bit based on. Strikeouts, you know, strikeouts are very valuable in fantasy, uh, you know, versus other, you know, ERA is not quite as valuable as strikeouts. So it moves around a little bit, but I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised to see that the Padres had three of the top 35 pitchers in Eno's rankings in their starting rotation with Joe Musgrove. Uh, checking in at number 36, Michael King at number 32, and you Darvish at number 35. Yeah, right. They're all snuggled in together. No, they're not. No, no one in the top 20. But that, I mean, when you think about it, there are 30 baseball teams. Yeah. So if every team's top pitcher was a number one, there would be 30 number one pitchers in baseball. There now, are 30 number one yes. pitchers. Now, some teams you can argue, wow, they got two number ones and this team doesn't have They just have a bunch of number threes. But essentially... Every team will have one best starter. And the Padres then have three guys who are in that, you know, low one, high two range. So you've got a low one and two high twos as your top three pitchers. That's a pretty good start to it's any a, rotation. It's a good start. Dodgers have three guys in the top 19. That's so a that's very, very good, good start, start to a rotation for a right there. Yeah. Something for sure. Um, and, you know, if you're trying to compare yourself to the Dodgers at this point, you can't do it. Not, not uh, sure what you're going to do. But Seattle Mariners have three in the top 11. That with, is fantastic. Uh, Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, and George Kirby being at the top. I went in reverse order there as I was scrolling up. But after those two, I don't think there's any other team that has three in the top 35 other sure. than the Mariners, Dodgers, and Padres. Yes. Yeah. So that's a terrific start to an area that we have all been like almost on the verge of panic about Padres starting rotation this offseason. There are teams that would gladly trade the Padres' top three starters for their top three starters, probably about half or more of the teams of baseball. So the Padres are off to a good start. The question is, what do they do about the four and the five spots? Because the list goes all the way to 150. So essentially 30 number ones, 30 number twos, threes, fours, and fives. And you don't see any more Padres yeah. until deep on the list uh, when you run into, let's see, who was it? at uh, Number 115, Randy Vasquez, and then number 145 at Johnny Brito. Now, they may or may not end up being the guys who are the fourth and fifth starters, but essentially you got a low number four and a low number five as your last two, not guys that other teams would want to trade essentially, for their back end of the rotation. That's where the Padres remain weak and uh, highly, highly questionable going into the season. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know how uncommon, Ben, it is in in baseball because when your team is throwing its number four out there, it 
usually works out. You're going up against the team's number four. It, you know, there, there's so many question marks, though. And I think, I think what you know, you mentioned Padre fans being in a, a, a almost terror about the starting rotation. I don't know that it's not totally unwarranted, right? Based on injuries and things like that. Now, I expect Joe Musgrove to be ready to go. There, you know, barring any freaky accidents or anything like that, I think Joe returns to form. You Darvish remains a question mark, even though his stuff uh, at times can be electric and and stuff that Eno really really likes the pitch selection and you know the pitch repertoire and all that. Uh, Michael King, I love that he's up there. I do. I love that he's up there. I can't wait to see you know Ruben get his hands in that clay and and start molding that. Um, and and you know what Ruben's done with a lot of our pitchers is great. And I I guess I need to have the same faith in Ruben with the guys. At, who may potentially make up the bottom of our rotation as well. Let's let's see what happens with these guys. And I, I, I really, if let's say we don't add another quote unquote starting pitcher, a uh, 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 Hyunjin Ryu, some somebody like that. Let's say they just don't and they roll with what they got. Okay, I mean, I think Avila showed me enough last year to warrant at least a start in the in the rotation. The fifth spot is where it gets a little bit dicey. I don't know that Matt Waldron is a guy that you're going to ride the the entire season as as a five. You do need somebody else behind him. So it's going to be interesting to see how the battle shake out at spring training with these guys and, you know, what they're projecting them to be. Obviously, we'd love one more starter at a bare minimum. I don't know if it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to happen. I wish I did. I, I still have, other than the, the Lorenzen deal that you talked about, Padres, I haven't really seen them, you know, oh, they're, the, the rumors and whispers that they're in on this guy. You know, that's the only one I've seen in the last few weeks, I think, is, is him. And Ryu keeps being brought up, but I think that's mostly by Padres fans. Now, um, you're also comparing to what you had last season. And last season, you had a really, really solid four and five because it was generally Seth Lugo and Michael Waka. Lugo checks in at number 45 on the list. That would be a fantastic number four starter right now. Essentially a, a, a bottom end number two guy being your number four, but they didn't keep him. Uh, he only has Michael Walker at 126, which Michael Walker has been much more effective than that the last couple of years, yet the numbers always kind of say it's a bit of a mystery how he's been so effective. We'll see if he can keep that up with the Kansas City Royals this season or if he takes a step backwards. Still, Padres got a lot of good production out of the back end of their starting rotation the last year. That That is the question mark going into this season. Will it be one of those Yankee guys? Will it be someone that's not on the team right now? Will it be Avila or Waldron or one of the younger guys later in the season that steps up? Uh, if you know the top three stay healthy, great. They're, that's a pretty good start. Where's the rest of those starts coming from this year? Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what their plan is, man. It really is, and you know the, the competition is is a good thing. We'll see who shakes out uh, at spring training and, and who grabs those spots. I mean, those are spots that are available. Who wants who wants the ball every fourth and fifth day? You know, um, a couple of more bodies would be nice, but. I just don't know that we're there, but seeing what guys are getting right now. Lorenzen for $11 million a year, uh, $12 million a year, is just seems like a lot of dough for that guy. Um, A.J. Casavell mentioned, in addition to the in-house options of Avila and Waldron, uh, Iriarte is on the 40-man. Yep. They had to put him on to avoid the Rule 5 draft. He'll probably get even more of a look than Snelling, unless, you know, Snelling 
is a great prospect, but young. he seems like he's too young to really be competing for a starting job right now. Lesko's not even getting a 40-man invitation yet, so he, he's clearly a little farther away from the big leagues. Could Iriarte be someone? Could Mazur maybe be someone that battles even like out of spring training for a spot on the starting rotation? There's always one guy that really looks good in spring, and you, then you wonder... Is he? Re- are they ready to make that jump? Are we? Do we trust them to make that jump? I don't know who it's going to be, but I'll, there'll be one pitcher that goes. God, his numbers. He got a zero point yeah. ERA this spring. He's been fantastic. Are we ready to put him in our starting rotation? And I never know because every time I think, I see. Oh yeah, look at that. He looks great. Let's get him out there. And they don't. But then you know you see some of the guys they call up in season. And you're like, oh, okay. I don't want to name any names. I like these guys. They're nice guys. But you know these guys getting spot starts here and there. You're like, oh, so that's the guy that we're rolling with. Makes sense. Um, it's interesting too. Think what's the lag again between the opening day in Korea and our home opener against the Giants? It's yeah, one it's, full uh, week. It's the twentieth and the twenty first, and then the twenty eighth. So. One full week from the second game in Korea to the game against the Giants at Petco Park. So you're the skipper, and everybody comes through spring training healthy, right? And you're ready to go. You, Darvish, game one. Joe Musgrove, game two. Then week off. You, Darvish, game one. Joe Musgrove, game two again. Very good chance of them. Or flip them. Flip them the next time. Unless, uh, you know, Michael. Who wants that home start? I mean, if Michael King looks fantastic in spring. You might want to get him an earlier start and sure. get him an extra start this season. Uh, but, yeah, my guess would be that would probably be the plan. And they're playing exhibition games in between. here yeah. against the Mariners? Yeah, two games against the Mariners at Petco Park yeah. in between Korea and the Giants game three of the season. Like extended spring training or whatever? Yeah, I, I mean, they may be conservative with... You know, like Darvish and Musgrove coming off injuries, and they may just go one, two, three, four, and or they may go three, four, one, two. I, you know, I I don't know what the Mike, Mike Schilt strategy is going to be when it comes to pitcher usage and not wanting to put too many innings. But you could essentially load up an extra start for your one and two starters, you could. based on the Korea series and how the the schedule works out. Now. Will they be stretched out enough to go more than four or five innings at that point? Right. That's that's usually like your second to last start of spring training right around then, yep. or last start of spring training. You're not all the way ready to go seven, you know, for a full start by that point. So it may be more of a hey, can you give me four, maybe five, and then we're going to the bullpen in these games in Korea. So yeah, they're essentially losing a week of spring training then by playing Correct. these games. Yeah, okay. And they will play, uh, I believe, a couple of exhibition games against Korean teams when they're over there during that week. Because they're going a week early before the 20th. They leave on like the 13th. Yeah, they leave on the 13th. So they're there for a week to do some some PR and promotion, but they're also going to kind of continue spring training and play a couple of exhibition games against Korean teams in the days leading up to their actual games against the Dodgers. Now, we got a Dodger fan in the chat. He goes by the Vegas Irish. He says the Korea series is going to be the Padres World Series. They'll throw everything at the Dodgers. Buddy, <laughs> I doubt that. you're going to throw everything at the Padres, too. You guys just spent a billion dollars. It's not like they're going to... They're not going to play, you know, their, their best players. Trust me. It's... um. I mean, just the logic kind of dictates that you don't have a game for another week. So you can empty your bullpens. Yeah. 
you can you can use your starters however long both you want teams will. in those games. Yeah. There's no reason Bo- both teams will no reason the not they're real games, so there's no reason not to try yeah. and <laughs> to go win. all out to win them. And, and you don't have to worry about who's going to pitch in the third game or the day after that or the day after that because everyone gets a rest for a week before they get to pitch again. So yeah, they will absolutely try to win those games just as the Dodgers will try to win those games. Yeah. So some breaking news here on Ben Woods. The Potters are going to try to win those Potters two games. Potters will try to win those two games. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, rumors out of the clubhouse. They Sources are, are telling they're us? They're going to try to win those games. Not going to punt on the first two games of the season. What if the Dodgers just came out with their B lineup? They got Will Smith playing center field. Like, <laughs> oh, hey, this is how good I'd, we I'd are. I'd be very surprised if Yamamoto doesn't start one of those oh, two games. Yamamoto against Darvish, is you have to see it. You have to see it. You got to have it. It's almost yeah. I, I mean, if Major League Baseball was orchestrating it, Darvish Yamamoto, you know, makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're the Dodgers, are you ready to just give a newcomer like that the first? Now, for Darvish, he's a veteran. It makes perfect sense to start the first game of the season. He's done opening day uh, for the Padres at least at least once, yep. hasn't he? Yeah. I don't know that Yamamoto necessarily is right there at the number one of their rotation right away. You're going to get glass now, and you're going to get... You've got a couple of other candidates who have more major league experience, but from a PR standpoint, yeah, you can sell in Asia Darvish, Yamamoto, Kim, Go, uh, Otani, Otani. quite quite well over there. Uh, You want to see, I'm sure, all of those guys appearing in the series as much as possible. Now, are those must-win games for the Padres? I would say not. Okay. Yeah. We want them to win. Yeah, yeah. They're they're want-to-win games. Importance. Important win. Yeah. They're actually... Preferred. They're one one hundred and sixty two out of importance okay. of the entire season. All right. But there's no conference tournament at the end of the year. No, there's Even not. Even if you can't go and one and sixty two and then win your way to the World Series at the end. So you do actually have to win some regular season games in baseball, unlike college basketball. I'll take a split. I'll sign up for a split right now. <laughs> I will take a split. Won't you guys? Yeah, it yeah. feels because you know the Dodgers would never sign up for that. No, there's no, there's not a Dodger fan goes. Yeah, I'm I'll okay with a split no. against the Padres. No, no. They want to win both. They want to win both, and the Padres will be happy winning one of two. Yeah, but that's the reality of it. I'm absolutely be, fine with it. Be absolutely thrilled. Now it's baseball. Padres can come home two and zero, no doubt. And it doesn't mean that the Padres are now the favorites in no. the NL West, and the Dodgers <laughs> are overrated and. You know, not what we thought they were going to be. It would mean absolutely nothing at that point, even if the Padres were two and zero and the Dodgers were zero and two. Yeah, but I agree with you. I will feel, I will feel decently if they come home at one and one. I will be elated if they come home at two and zero. Cancel the parade. And that's pretty, why you play the game. I'll be pretty bummed, but can logically dismiss it if they come home at zero and two. Yeah, I won't be. You're going to be panicking remember for me. a week. Yeah, remember me after last that Now makes, we have a week of panic. That makes it more of a must-win game just to keep you <laughs> from being an insane person Re- for a week. Remember last year when Snell got rocked by the Rockies? I was so mad. Well, I was right. Wasn't you didn't I? have a week to sit around no. and stew on it either. Uh-huh. Exactly. If, what if I told you that Blake Snell like would go on to win five the innings. Cy Young Award? <laughs> it would. Yeah. Would you have been less panicked? Herman Marquez bodied you in your house on opening day. All right, we got the final hour. Rindle Report coming up next on 97.3 The Fan. Final hour, Bennett. What's today is brought to you by the Farmer's Dog. It must be sunny outside because even with my backdrop here on the YouTube stream, I've got a halo. 
Because you're an angel. Maybe I'm just the angel. Sweet angel of the show. All right. Sports quiz, Woods. You ready? Oh, God. Pop quiz. There's a bomb on the bus. No, uh, pop quiz. Who is Joe Hortiz? Joe Hortiz? Joe Hortiz. Come on. I don't know. Should I know? Maybe. Maybe not. I may have just made it up. Maybe this is real or fake. Fake. (laughs) (laughs) He's the new general manager of the L.A. Chargers. Was hired this morning officially. uh, He was the director Uh of player personnel for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh So stealing from one Harbaugh to give to the other Harbaugh uh, to work with Jim Harbaugh. And I would imagine that Jim Harbaugh is really the... The string puller now, uh, you don't you don't take that deal to work for the Chargers unless you have pretty much carte blanche full authority. Yep. All right, who was Pop Quiz? Who was the drummer in Led Zeppelin? Uh, let's see. That was um, Jimmy Page. <sighs> nope. Hmm. John Bonham. John Bonham. Idiot. Idiot. So I were well. Helena Bonham show. Carter's father. Nope. No. <laughs> Jason Bonham's dad. <laughs> Right, Just Paul. checking. Take it away. Checking how it works. Joe right. Hortiz. Joe Hortiz. Hortiz. I was wondering whether it was pronounced in the um, Latin American style or if it was just like Hortiz. So I looked up. I went to a Ravens podcast and, and you heard are, them say Joe Hortiz. You are thorough. And that's enough discussion of that team for this morning. Right. Polly, let's get to the Roundel Report. And get things started here with our... Edition, today's edition oh, of boy. the Rindle Report. Now tuned into the motherfucking greatest. Welcome to the Rindle Report with Paul Rindle. Hi, Paul. All right. Two stories from the world of sports that we haven't gotten to yet. We'll start off in Major League Baseball. And one story that you didn't know you needed. Are you laughing, Biatch? It's the Rindle Report. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Okay, how are you? On 97.3 The Fan. Are you ready to bless the mood? I need some help, please. <laughs> that was good. Can I get a All right, gentlemen. It's breaking Padres news. Padres announced interrupting this regularly scheduled Rindle report. <laughs> regularly scheduled Rindle report. It's a lot of R's in that. <laughs> regularly scheduled Rindle report. Padres, what are we? What Padres are we? have announced their player development, minor league coaching staffs for the 2024 season. Ben, there's JoJo Tarantino on the That's sports my guy, medicine Jojo. side. JoJo. Got to hang out with JoJo a lot at he Fantasy Camp. He rubbed me down several times. <laughs> I see uh, Glenn and Trevor Hoffman, both as senior advisors to baseball operations. Mark Loretta, Hideo Nomo, Chanho Park, and Craig Stammen, all in the uh, special assistant category Love as it. well. Moises Alou, Alan Craig, AJ Ellis. All the former players just as in the special yeah. assistant category. Category. I would like to talk to Dad Craig Stammen again. He's so beloved by oh, yeah. that team. He's beloved. I would like to talk to him again and put in a request for Craig Stammen. Can do that. Yeah, no real surprises here. I mean, mostly names you don't know. Yeah, for the most part. Triple uh, A manager Pete Zamora in El Paso. Double A manager Luke Montz in San Antonio. High single-A Fort Wayne manager Mike Daly and Lake Elsinore single-A low manager Lucas Ray. Cool. 
I don't see any other like big league names on there. Jimmy Jones as the assistant pitching coach in El Paso. Oh, Jimmy Jones. Nice. Jimmy Jones. There you go. All right. Sorry to interrupt this regularly scheduled no, Rindle no, 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 reports no. <laughs> for the Padres minor league coaching news. Well, you know what you. else uh, happens regularly <laughs> is uh, every Monday we get a new top 25 in college basketball. Benny was quick with it yesterday. Oh, he was. He was so he quick with it. looks forward to it more than anything, more than all, anything week long. all week He just sits there from 9 to 10 just pacing back and forth waiting for the top 25. Well, and, I wonder, uh, I wonder, Ben, if it's time to maybe hang it up. Because the engagement, the engagement low. is low. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's time. Because well, there wasn't a whole lot of movement. Yeah, the so, there was no out, I wasn't outraged at it. Fair, you know. San Diego State stays at number twenty-seven. I don't know if that uh, surprised you at all or not. They played one game last week. They won handedly against Wyoming, who then beat Colorado State, San Diego State's opponent tonight. Uh, elsewhere in the top twenty-five, not a whole lot of movement. The top five. Stayed unchanged. Read me the top five, Paul. Uh, UConn, Purdue, North Carolina, Houston, and Tennessee. Okay. Watched Houston uh, beat Texas last night in a uh, a thriller overtime, I think. They're a good team, for sure. Could be a Final Four team. UConn obviously won the title last year. We remember that. Keep running it back, man. They are, uh, they're always very good. Uh, you know, San Diego State's metrics are better than their ranking. If you want a little bit of outrage... Their net rankings twenty, their Ken Palms twenty one, but they can't crack the top twenty five in the AP. Yeah, why don't they? I keep thinking you should get more credit because you're San Diego State, but somehow they always still get, get less, less credit. Yeah, I don't understand that, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. It's killed the narrative of the last, you know, making yes. the championship. They could just game get to the saying, final oh, four, a championship final four, game will finally be the, the, res- the respect will come flowing <laughs> Not, in. Nothing has changed at all. Not, a damn Not thing. even a little bit. Not even a little. All right, we'll move on from college hoops to the NBA. Yesterday, big game in the Western Conference. Uh, first place at stake. Still early in the season. But uh, the Timberwolves, they beat the Thunder 107-101. to And Anthony Edwards from the Timberwolves was hot mad at the referees. He was not pleased with how the officiating went throughout the game. In fact, right after the game was over... He was doing an interview with the sideline reporter, and here's what he had to say. And tonight it was the battle amongst the best in the West. You guys take sole position of number one in the West. How did you get it done in this environment? I don't know. I don't know. And I'm going to take the fine because the refs did not give us no calls tonight. We had to play through every bump, every grab. I don't know. I don't know how we won tonight. Uh, Big shout out to my team. Big shout out to my coaches for sure. Anytime you get, I'm going to take the fine. I'm like, oh boy, where is he going? Where is he going? There's no doubt, though, that the complainers tend to end up getting calls in the long run. There's a strategy to it, and you can take the fine. But take last night. Did you see uh, Luka Doncic, or was it? uh, No, it was uh, Jokic against the Milwaukee Bucks. So Giannis was at the free throw line. Giannis takes forever when he gets the ball for a free throw. He stands there. And looks, and technically you only get 10 seconds to shoot the free throw. And Jokic is standing there in the rebounding position. He's kind of like, come on, let's go, let's go. And the crowd's like chanting, one, two, and they get to like 12, and Giannis shoots and makes it, and he does it again, and Jokic is going, I mean, isn't there supposed to be a rule on this? Next time Giannis went to the free throw line, the crowd got to 12, the referee goes, whoop. 
The I've bag? never seen oh, a call before. Wow. It was ten second violation. Took too long to take his free throw. Sometimes you, you just complain. Gotta, sometimes you get the call. Sometimes you you just have to point yeah. it out. To, to I love pointing things out to umpires yeah. and, and refs, and know? and that's part of the strategy of managers yeah. as well. They'll go out and you know they'll argue just to try innings. to get the next call. Yeah, you'll they'll, see they'll it point it out. Innings, hey, just by the way, this guy's not pausing when he you know comes mm-hmm. set. Right. He's not, not coming set. Just just can something you, you watch for. Yeah, can you watch for this? It's a great bit. Great Speak, manager. Speaking of weird NBA rules, I didn't know about this one. Did you see uh, Joel Embiid missed another game with yeah, injury? Yeah, so I saw this. If he misses five more games, he will no longer be eligible for postseason awards, including MVP, yeah. which he is one of the favorites yeah. to win. But if you don't play in enough games now, they just say, I mean, you can't win the award. Somebody said, uh, they tweeted, like, he's just like us. He's running out of PTO. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so good. I had no idea. I had no idea that borrow was... against his 2025 yeah, numbers exactly here. Exactly right. So. Uh, Anthony Edwards, he went on after the game even. That was, uh, that was immediately following the conclusion of the game with the television broadcast. And then afterwards in the locker room, he kept going on about the refs. So he's definitely going to get that fine that he says he doesn't care about. He was talking to reporters in the locker room, said the refs was bad tonight. Yeah, they was terrible. We was playing eight on five. Cat got their tongue tonight, so it's all good. It's not fair, but it's all good. Love it. He was not happy. All right, and finally, don't really have a story here, but uh, Woodsy sent this over, and I'm assuming it's because he saw that it is uh, national or international, I guess, yodel for your neighbor's day. I am of morbid curiosity about people that yodel. Like, like if you're a young man and you're like, ah. I, what 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 spurs it? It's not to get girls. <laughs> like I picked up. The That's gu- probably pretty true. I picked up the guitar when I was a kid because I was like, I think I can get girls with this. You sent a lot over of guys, this video of. I there's think something just Franzel Lang. fun about yodeling, though, right? Is there? You're just kind of letting loose. It's a revered cultural musical style in the alpine regions of Europe. What if you met your dream woman and she's like, by the way. Just because you grew up listening to, you know, rock music and guitar, <laughs> other kids in other parts of the country they grew listen up, to that? I'm going to be a great yodeler someday. What if you met your dream woman and she's like, sorry. You know, Delilah. But if she was like, I'm, I, you know, hey there, I, I, I'm a yodeler. <laughs> I could get into it. <laughs> Bet you could. <laughs> Bet you would, Panama Red. She's like, I actually am a serial killer. He's like, fine by me. I'm not going to rat you out. I'm not going to say a damn word. Secret safe with you. You like Delilah. Dexter, that you only kill bad people? Yeah, that's, only fine. Kill, that's fine. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, National Yodel Day. I'm obsessed with it. Give us a yodel. I'm not. I can't do it. <laughs> you can you do it? You said it's fun. <laughs> You're great. You do it. You really can't do falsetto. Can you? No, we've determined <laughs> that many times <laughs> that I cannot do a good falsetto. Oh. Yeah, somebody said this guy's probably getting some, actually, that guy. Really? Over there, maybe. In <laughs> Germany. They're like, yeah. God dang, look at you. 
Big stein of beer. Yeah. And a good yodeler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Set for the night. It's also National Inane Answering Machine Message Day. I miss the days of answering machine. Maybe this could be your answering machine message. Like it sounds like I'm in line for the Matterhorn right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see the Price is Right. Remember the yodel game in Price is Right where no. you didn't want the yodeler to fall off the mountain? Cliff, cliff, cliffhangers, that was called. I don't remember. I don't. I would tell you if I did. I don't. You didn't watch as much Price is Right as I did. I did not. Watched a lot of press. Absolute right. staple when you stayed home from school. Stayed yeah. home from school. That was a good bit. What else are you going to watch at 10 a.m. to 11 a.m.? Other than the prices, right? You'd be surprised. <laughs> Showcase showdowns. I love the spinning of the big wheel. I always wanted to get a turn on that thing. Yeah. Spin just, the wheel? I, I always feared, though, that I would get up there and do it, and I wasn't strong enough, <laughs> and it would be like a very weak spin and people would be like <laughs> they'd laugh at you if you didn't get so it all the way around you, you had would, to get it at least all the way around you, for would, it to count. O- you would overdo it yeah you know and then it spins and spins and spins there's and a spins. couple of viral videos of people who like spun themselves under the wheel like they lost their balance oh my and like god i didn't like know just that. pulled themselves right like some vortex under the wheel Dwayne says ben skipping school ben never skipped school never once you had perfect attendance i did for, for how long uh, I think from the time I got chicken pox in second grade until I had to go on the uh, academic team field trip in senior year of high school. Oh, my God. What happened to you now in work life? <laughs> That's like 10 years. You know what? They should have PTO for kids, too. You know, just they, like, should, they do. They just call summer. You should get like five days of PTO They give you like three year. months you just off. just put in for your PTO. These kids with their vacations now, I'm telling you, it's every other day. Oh, it's this day. The teachers get a day off this day. And I get it. Teachers, Teacher planning days. They work very hard. They work very hard. But I need you to watch my children. We I, should have radio host planning days like every two weeks. We get a day off. Day off. Plan. Fine by me. <laughs> Fine by me. Thank you, Paulie. Oh, you're welcome. That yeah. was your regularly scheduled Rindle report. Wrap it up because I'm peeing my Oh, pants. Woods has got to go to the bathroom. Uh, we'll be back with more Ben and Woods after a check of traffic on 97.3 The Fan. Mentioned uh, earlier, the Padres just announced their 2024 player development and minor league coaching staffs. And, and no reason to go through all the names. They're not going to be familiar to us or most fans out there other than a handful. We mentioned some of the special assistants, the big league guys that you know, like Trevor Hoffman and, and Mark Loretta and Hideo Nomo. I did find it interesting, though, the number of positions in a major league baseball organization nowadays that would not have existed 20 years ago. And I was just reading through the list of, of people the Padres employ. For instance, they have two performance dietitians on their sports medicine and performance staff. They have uh, three physical therapists, a performance coach. Not exactly sure what a performance coach 
does. I'm glad we don't have one. Uh, let's see. In their front office and administration, a mental skills coordinator. Like that? A uh, ESL instructor. That's English as a second language. So for players who are not native English speakers, they have classes and someone who coordinates, uh, you know, helping with English. Sports scientist. Again, not entirely sure what scientists do in sports, but I'm sure there's some, like, motion and... <laughs> I was going to let you go here. Physics that are involved this here. Out, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to work it all out. Uh, I wonder if Goose Gossage likes the sports scientist. Uh, they, have a word too. they have a manager of learning, education, and life skills. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh and then all the you know the ones that you'd expect the uh, the regular coaches p- pitching coordinator hitting coordinator the 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 positions that you would expect to see in a major league baseball organization but a lot of uh, of newer more modern sounding positions now within a a major league baseball organization are we yeah it, in in general but are did they have these these people last year or the are there additions or uh, I, I, I think I think new? some of these are 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 holdovers from last year. Okay. I don't know that any of them are particularly new. I know they don't they didn't exist back in, you know, the nineteen nineties necessarily, uh or even early two thousands, that these are more of a, a modern development of of the game and finding really it's always the game is what little edge can edge. we get. That's it. Is there a way that we can improve our organization compared to other teams? Or what are other teams doing that have given them an edge on us that we now need to match? So if another team has success with a sports scientist, then guess what? You're going to see 29 other sports scientists around Major League Baseball because you can't give up that edge to other clubs. Uh, and if you know, you're trying to develop these slight you know, advantages before the other team, so maybe for one season or two, you have the edge on the opponent because you've got something working for you that they don't. Yeah, you, we talked about it a little bit um, yesterday, I think. Uh, we were talking about the some of the golfers and stuff, some of their stories. A lot of them have mental skills coach. The the quarterback from Michigan, J.J. McCarthy, has got a, you know, been working with a mental skills coach. I mean... <laughs> Honestly, it's such a no-brainer these days, and you know I'm sure there are old-school players that were like that are you know they'll, they'll probably say ah oh, we didn't need any mental skills coach. But listening to it's funny you mentioned I, this. it's funny because I know you're you're right you, right. But I bet you, if asked, and if sat you know sat down in truth serum, they would say yeah I probably could have. We talked to uh, when we were out at camp. Tim Flannery was telling a story about Dick Williams, and Flan said that. Dick walked in. He goes, you're not a good player. You're not a good hitter. I don't like you. You suck, basically. But you're, I mean, you suck. But you're here. So be ready when I tell you to be ready. And Flan said he was, he cried. He said he cried on the way home. He ripped the door off the hinges. Was so mad. Yeah, man. I think, you know, for, for some of those guys. Now, it's always the, the, the first guy that takes the step of like, no, I've been working with the mental skills coach and my game's improving. The stigma is really going away, uh, but I think that would be massively beneficial to to every baseball player, especially that game when there's so much failure, so much I, failure. I think what, what makes me laugh, though, is that even if you're old school and you know, we didn't have those kind of things back in the day, Oh, you didn't have self-doubt in the 1970s? Oh, yeah, it didn't exist pretty, back then? Pretty sure that self-doubt has existed for much longer than even Major League Baseball has existed. That there was always a spot for a mental skills coach. Sure. You just didn't have a 
you know, they just didn't have the tools and, and, and know how to implement it back then. But I wonder who was the first team that said, let's get somebody in and open door policy. And if you need to talk about something that's going on, because I remember asking Mark Loretta and Arky uh, about when they would slump. And they said it was literally hell on earth. You didn't know if you'd ever gonna ever gonna get a hit again. And and those doubts crept in. You take an O for four, then you take an O for eight, then you take an O for twelve, and you're like, I can't hit. And I'm never gonna hit yeah, again. You, you talked about the slump buster yeah. when, when we yeah, were at we spring training. Bring up the slump buster. No, but but that was something that players would do. Correct. But don't you think that maybe a better strategy might have been to tackle <laughs> some of the, you know, underlying issues as to why you might be struggling mentally at a time uh, as opposed to just going out and, you know, having a wild night and thinking that that'll fix everything when you come back. It's been, it's been proven pretty full to be honest with you, but I, I don't, uh, I just, you know, again, only because you think, of course, and it's anything. It's, it's only because you think it's working yeah. that it's working. Yeah, and you, you know, you you hope that that these guys are utilizing everything at their at their fingertips. Certainly, because I think it could. It's not going to hurt you one bit. I promise you, it will not hurt you. I think it can only help. Now, would Goose Gossage have responded well to a mental skills no. coach? My guess is not. No. And by the way, you brought up the the you brought up the example of Flannery. Not every player responds well to the warm, nurturing, encouraging coach. Some players respond better to the harsh, you know, scream at you kind of coaches yeah. that are old that are considered old school. But I promise you, not every player in the nineteen seventies and eighties responded well to Dick Williams no. belittling them and screaming at them. They would have maybe been much better players with a guy who was a little more Nurturing and fostering. And, well, I, and, you know, part of modern coaching is knowing the difference between the two and which players it. respond to which. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, uh, I love this. I, I, I didn't know about those positions that they uh, Padres had employed those people, and I think that's great, and I hope the guys are using them, uh, especially for the young guys, too. I mean, you know, as a, a little league or t-ball coach, I, I can't tell you how hard it is to watch somebody melt down over booting a ball or throwing one away, and it's like, bro... Get used to get used to it because you're going to have the worst days of your life out here. And I think one thing I liked about Bob Melvin, I think Bruce Bochy does it well also, and I believe Mike Schilt has it in him, is the ability to be both tough but also empathetic. When players are struggling, it's not always a kick in the rear that they need. Sometimes they need a pat on the back, and sometimes they need encouragement. But sometimes they do need Little, you know, little earful yep. to, to break him out of something. I didn't and, see Bo, Bo Mel giving a lot of earfuls. Now, again, behind closed doors, I have no idea, but I, I didn't see or hear about that. I think she'll maybe has a little bit more well, of that maybe. in him. Yeah, and I think Boach was, was oh, good at yeah. striking the balance as well. He could be very tough and give people an earful, but he wasn't without compassion and empathy. And I, and I think that's one of the reasons he's successful. I heard him on MLB radio doing a long-form interview this offseason. They were talking about his time with the San Diego Padres, and uh, he was talking about playing for Dick Williams, and it got me thinking. Dick Williams is in the Padres Hall of Fame. Boach hasn't been inducted yet, has he? Or what? At some point, he's going to, right? I mean, he took the Padres to a World Series. He's going in, right? Are they waiting until he's completely and totally retired? I mean, he's got he's got to be part of the Padres. That's going to feel a little... I know it. Do- I know it does because of all the giant success and our Rangers' success. But how do you have Dick Williams 
in the Padres Hall of Fame and not Bruce Bochy in the Padres Hall of Fame. Boch was manager much longer, yeah. had more playoff appearances, yeah. had the same number of World Series yeah. appearances. Did Dick Williams go on to great, great success after he left the San he Diego had, Padres? Yeah, he had, yeah. Didn't he win a, a, a World Series? Where did he win? I feel like he, he had other success in other franchises. Hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. He won the uh, 72 and 73 before the Padres. He won the World Series with the A's. Hmm. Nothing after. After he managed the Mariners for a few years, but didn't. No World Series there. Didn't didn't (laughs) afterwards win a World Series. Hmm. Did it change anything for you? No. Okay. I still think Boach has obviously got to be a part of it at some point. Yeah. Yeah. If you're fine with it, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. All right. Now, should it be like during a Padres Giants game? No. Let's not do it then. Presenting the award, Bob Melvin. (laughs) (laughs) Bob Mel brings him in. There's a time and a place, obviously, for such things. The year is 2045, maybe, uh, for that to happen. But, yeah, interesting stuff, Benny. All right, uh, we got one segment to go. Then Annie and Elston ready to take over on a Tuesday. Do not go anywhere. Bennett Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. By the Girl Scouts. Have they gotten you? Gotten uh, to see. you yet? G- my colleague Jeff Lasky uh, has a seven-year-old and <sighs> sent out a giant email to our entire 10 News crew yesterday saying he could be your source for all Girl Scout cookies. They now have like an app, a Girl Scout cookie app. Oh, yeah. You can order them on the app. I got uh, assaulted in my driveway. I was pulling in the <laughs> other day. Yeah, I was assaulted uh, by two Girl Scouts that live across the street, and I... I was getting my baseball bag out of the trunk, and I shut the trunk, and in the reflection of the window, I saw them pulling their wagon across the street, and I just went, oh, F. Oh, no. And I turned around, and I said, it's that time of year again, isn't it? And they laughed. And and you bought 14 boxes. I bought, I bought three boxes to carry, and I bought two to donate. Made it a nice, even five. Walked away with Who three. Who gets those? The donated boxes. Don't care. I don't. I don't get them. But I, I, honestly, you guys, I've never been. I took them inside, and I walked inside, and on the counter was a box of Samoas already, and by the door was a giant box full of Girl Scout cookies. I'm like, they got to her too. They got to my wife too, and I said to her, she walked in, and I go, I just did we double up, and she goes, get these out of the house, take them to work. I said, yeah, yeah, I will. So I opened the box of Samoas. I had two, and I brought the rest to work. It's the fewest amount of Girl Scout cookies I've ever eaten in a season. <laughs> and when does the season it's end? It's not just starting. Just we're, we're, we're spring training. This is like Girl the, Scout the Korea. Season, yeah. No, we're not even to the Korea series. I don't think so. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, they got – I mean, they got me for five already. I've only eaten two cookies total, though. You Polly, like, they you get like you. coconut, though. I don't oh, like I coconut. I love the Samoas. See, I, frozen Thin Mints are – my vice. Do you, have you eaten any? No, not yet. 
I remember it sucked. This was a few years ago now when you used to just be, oh, sorry, I don't have any cash. Yeah. Now they have Venmo the now. Grocery store. Now they're like Venmo, debit card, whatever. Yeah, whatever you need. Oh, we got the square. We can slide your card right through. Yeah, here. we'll do an express. Right. Equ- we'll do an express equity loan uh, from Loan Pronto. Sorry, right I don't now. have any money. <laughs> what are the uh, peanut butter ones? The dosi dos. Yeah, those are those are good. I have to let everybody know that I was at Costco the other day and I had seen someone tweet about these this product and they said, "Is there crack in these?" And they were so good, so I had to buy a bag. And they were absolutely right. If you see. Reese's coated animal crackers. They are insane. I have to limit myself to like two little tiny ones because you could just keep eating those things. They are so good. They're covered in the Reese's peanut butter and the Reese's chocolate, but then there are the animal crackers inside. And they are ridiculously good. I mean, like unfair. Like don't don't even buy them. Actually, never mind that I said anything. Just forget about it. <laughs> you're, you're better off not knowing. Erase the last few minutes from your mind. Well, the funny, I was driving home from playing ball, and I was thinking to myself, all right, like, I felt pretty good, but my, you know, I'm a little, I'm just, I'm out of shape a little bit. It didn't feel great when I ran, and I was formulating a plan to get back in the gym on the drive home. Formulating it. Like, all right, I'm going to get this, I got to go to the store, get some chicken. Formulating that plan to get back on track. And I saw those little turds walking up with their wagon full of full of Girl Scout cookies. And I just said, oh, no, you're going to get me again. You got me again. And uh, But I've, I've been good. The the willpower has been has good. If they're not in the house, I won't eat them. If they're in the house, I'm going to eat them, period, the end. That's why I've told you. We've had to remove peanut butter from our home entirely. Uh, those things that you mentioned, there's no way. We don't buy the, the good snacks for our kids anymore, so they suffer because we have no willpower. Um, but, yeah, I'm out I'm out five boxes so far. I put them in the kitchen here at work, and I left them, and I haven't touched them. And they're almost I'm, gone. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. A lot of discipline there. Lots and lots A lot of, of discipline. discipline. It, is, it is not because I would do anything. And I'll eat a sleeve of those peanut butter ones. A sleeve. The whole <laughs> dosi dough. A whole thing. When Manny Machado was announced on the this on the old radio station, when he was announced that he he signed here, I was cur- I was in the middle of eating a sleeve of tagalongs, and uh, they are just so. I mean, I, I appreciate the work you guys do. You got to leave me alone on it. I have tried to avoid the grocery store because I know they're going to be parked up front. I just my willpower is not that great. Can you say I already bought them when you see those girls, so or is heard- the faces the disappointment when you don't buy them too much for you? Oh, maybe you'd like to buy some for our soldiers then. Okay. I will buy some for our soldiers. I'd be happy to. I'm going to be out like $400. I'm going to get two cookies out of the whole deal. <laughs> but they've heard they've heard every excuse in the book. Oh, you pat yourself. You know, oh. It's such a genius marketing strategy. It's Why brilliant. don't they just have Girl Scouts like selling used cars? Yeah, 100%. Girl, Girl Scouts, you know, real estate yeah. agents. Insurance. Like, hey. I've got this uh, six million dollar listing. Here's your agent, uh, seven I years old. <laughs> oh, can you please buy the house? Oh, We're trying God. to raise money for our our uh, troop. Guzzinator <laughs> says, pick up your phone and start talking. And I do the fake phone call. I did. Oh, it. There yeah. was a lady the other day that was taking signatures for something. And there's always Habitat for Humanity or something. And I, I donate to different things. But when I go to the store, I don't want to be accosted walking into the store. So I just prefer to just go in, do my business, come out. I don't want to sign any petitions or anything. So I do. I will literally. You'll see me walking into Stater Brothers doing this. 
Yeah, I know. No, he's crazy. No, he, oh, him? Oh, he's nuts. I, I just fake I, phone I, I have the game. Hey, I don't do the phone because that's cheating. I have a game. When you walk in Costco and they ask you, hey, do you need new heating or new solar? Do you already have solar panels? I try to look as determined as possible and see if like, they can just ignore like pissed off. I want I want to see if I can get them to ignore me. Like I don't even want to approach that person. Like I'm not going to even ask if that person, do you have Verizon or AT&T? We can do better. I want to be the person that they just think no, he's not worth the trouble. And I'm batting pretty good. I'm batting about 70%. About 70% of the time they ignore me. About 30% of the time I still get the, "Hey, can I interest you in solar panels?" No, I already have them. Thank you very much. Yeah, the Verizon, and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, we can do better. I'm like, buddy, I don't want to. If I wanted to, you know where I would go? I would go to the Verizon store. I would just knock it out. I'd probably do it over the phone, maybe online. But I, I, they, when does this thing end, for real, though? When is the season over? I'm just beginning my groceries delivered. I think it's all the way through this next, through February, I think. Through February. the next few weeks, at least, yeah. All right, let's do a cookie count. I'm at two right now. You're at zero? Zero. You got to be honest about it. Zero, but I. Polly, you're at zero. zero. I have a big bag of Reese's Animal Crackers at home, so I'm not going to know count. what I'm going to do with more cookies. I'm not going to count those. Now, the program began on Sunday, the 28th. I'm trying to see when it ends. TBD. <laughs> I mean, thank God they don't sell them all year round because. Yeah, I mean we're we're three we're day three, three. of Girl Scout cookie season right I'm now. A damn wreck about it. Because uh, <laughs> here, generally between January and. April. (laughs) Half of a baseball season. I got to deal with this. Yeah, get those uh, get those groceries delivered. Everybody who's shaming me about SD fat loss and Reese's cookies. Guess what? You can have a cookie or two in your life after you've lost the weight. It's it's fine. Moderation. Don't eat the whole bag. Is what I'm saying. Just don't eat the whole bag. Be getting a call later. I'm sure. Fine. I you know as long as you keep the weight off, I think it's. Now, free to I'm do reading, what you uh, want to do. Local story, Fox5.com. They say you can grab your cookies until March 10th. Okay. And that's not year. as bad. That's not as bad. Still a long time. I just, it just, they're just the best, man. They're like, the, they're the best cookies. They really are. Like, they're my favorite cookies in the world, and I love them. And when I get sad, I eat. So I'm trying not to get sad. Are they really your favorite they're, cookies? They are if they were available none. every day of the year in the grocery store, Benny, I would. Cru- would you just would, buy them, or would, are they only yes. good because you know you can only have them no. for a if, limited amount of time? Now they make fake Samoas, and I've had them before. They're not even close to the same. I would crush those things up and snort them if I could, <laughs> if they were here year round. They're just the best. My favorite cookie ever made is the Samoa. And then there's three or four more in there that are like, all right, these will do. Yeah, I mean, if your wife makes homemade chocolate chip cookies, delicious. Eat six or seven of those at one sitting. All right, as long as we're talking about it. They have warm chocolate chip cookies now at the Costco food court. It's the new item. It's I almost was tempted, but there was too much of a line. And then I looked, and they put the calories in like 750. I mean, how big is this chocolate chip cookie? cookie. Like gigantic chocolate chip cookie. I've heard they're pretty good. I don't know if anyone in the chat has tried one yet. Did not get one, though. Um, But I've I've heard people talking about the new chocolate chip cookies at the Costco food court. I just remain fascinated by the Costco uh, crew that I, I just can't I have so many of my friends are so into it and I can't I can't do it. I'm not made for Costco. Uh, my wife's not made for Costco. I'm there at least twice a month. I have an executive membership that I've had every year that I use one time. 
You have to use the executive washroom when you're there? Ben, I, I, I mean, honestly, if I wanted to do Bo's birthday party, then they'd probably let me. I've never not hmm. paid for the full membership. I go one time a year, and I swear, every I'm going to go. I'm, we're going to start going to Costco. But I, I just can't make it work for me. We go every couple weeks? I can't make it work for me. I just I don't have the space, and I just don't have the patience to go and to save a few bucks. I don't know. Here's what. Here's my Costco. Well, I'll give you my Costco hack after our last check of traffic okay. here on 97.3 The Fam. All right, Ben's Costco hack. Expiration dates are huge when I go shopping. You know, you can go to Trader Joe's and get some good deals on something. You get like a gallon of milk or a half gallon of milk at Trader Joe's. You look at the date. It's like two days from now. Right. It's like, oh, February 2nd, this expires. I go to Costco. I have to get more. I get the three half gallons of milk. But they are good for like a month and a half. Hmm. Yeah, because they get it like right away. It's like basically was in the cow 20 minutes ago. So it is really fresh and you can keep it in your fridge for three weeks and it's fine. Whereas you buy one at Trader Joe's, you got to use that thing in the next three days or it's completely worthless. Because I don't, I don't know about you. I really, that date is random as it may be. As soon as you're a day after it, I can't really. I can't really eat it anymore. That surprises me about you. Yeah. But I am I, am I mean, if it, I'm desperate and I smell it and it smells okay, I may do a day or two. But at that point, it's expired and I just can't do it anymore. But no. the Costco stuff, like, you know, why would you ever buy milk at Costco? It goes bad. No. No, if I went to Costco today, it would be like mm, March 10th on oh, the yeah. expir- expiration. I'll go through three half gallons of milk in a month and a half, I, and it's fine. It's still good. I just can't make it work for me. I just can't. There's something. I always end up. I'm like, remember in the movie Dumb and Dumber, Paulie? Ben won't know. When he's like, hey, just get the bare essentials. And he comes back and he's got a pinwheel and a giant foam hat and a case of beer. And he's got one of those paddles with a ball on it. That's me when I go to Costco. I come home and I'm like, I got a 12-pound meatloaf. I got 700 shrimp. (laughs) <laughs> like Hannah's like, oh my god, dude! No one is going to eat all this shrimp, yeah. so I end up standing at the counter eating seven hundred shrimp. I pretty much every time have to stop at the short rib lasagna and go. That looks really good, and I have to go. No, I don't need an entire lasagna today. I'm telling don't you, need man. A giant lasagna. I I am him. I'm Jim Carrey, man. Case of Coors Light, a paddle ball, a giant foam cowboy hat, and a pinwheel walking down to Costco. Like like seven hundred dollars lighter too. I just I'm so um I'm impressed by people that make Costco work for them with meals and everything else. I just can't do it. I've tried. I the chicken breast sleeve that's 40 chicken breasts and you have to use scissors to cut them and yeah. freeze them. I, I just can't do it. Man. I uh, I do a lot of my meal prep, you know, staying on plan. I get the Kevin's uh, Paleo and it's got some good stuff that is good program meal for me. And I prep it for the week. I use it. It's like sous vide cooked, already prepared. Get it done in like 10 minutes and I put it in my Tupperware and I take it to work with me. Don't go out for a burrito anymore. It's one of the ways that I've kept the weight off sure. uh, over the last six months. Yeah, man. It's, uh, and it, I still get to have an animal cookie or two. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed by all of you guys. Very impressed. All right, we got a few minutes left here. What do you guys want to do? Three minutes. We've got we like two minute. minutes left. We have two we minutes got left. One minute left. Do you want to sit in quiet reflection? That's not a bad plan. I like that. Got people talking about uh, whether or not they get gas at Costco. I do not. Never, never, have. never will. It's it, the line is always intimidating. It moves nickel. really fast, though. Totally, it does. Gas lines are gas lines. 
It doesn't spur so out faster. So really save it? So here's the hack on Costco. Are you Costco telling gas. me that the gas comes out faster at the Costco gas? It doesn't, but they've got, they've got three stations on every single one. But here's the trick. You can go to either side because the pump, the hoses are so sure, long that if you're stretch. on the other side of the car, it can stretch. So you can go to the shortest line. You don't have to, oh, my tank's on the left side of the car. I, I can only go to this, this one. one. i got to wait for this one. No, go to either side. The, the hose is long enough to stretch to we either side of your car. <laughs> Honestly, uh, let's see. I paid four thirty-five a gallon at Costco versus like five dollars other places. So if you're getting fifteen gallons, yeah, save I know about where six Cos- bucks. I know where Costco is in relation to your house. You're but I'm already well going to Costco. I don't go to Costco just for, for gas, gas, but since I go to Costco twice a month, I tend to fill up while I'm there. All right, and I think that is worth it because I'm saving about six to seven bucks. How on much the is tank. your wait? Fifteen minutes. No, for the gas? No, yeah. no, no, no. I I'll, I never wait more than Ten? three or four minutes. Mm, I don't know if I'd But I go at, I know when the times are not quite as busy. There's another I go, hack for I go early right when they open. Like, if you go before, they actually open like 15 minutes before they say they're going to open. So, like, really? 10 o'clock, you show up at 945, they'll open the doors. they let you in? Yeah. Well, and you can go at 930, the gas is already open, there's no line at all. Is it because you're VIP? No, no, everyone gets in. Okay. Everyone gets in. Right, Those are your Costco hacks. Like somebody says, up here in Washington, Costco is usually twenty cents cheaper than local. I mean, if you're getting ten gallons of gas, you're saving two bucks. Like, I, I think it's here. It's it can be fifty, sixty cents cheaper easily. That's true. So five or six bucks. I think it's worth it. All right, that's it for today. Annie and Elston are coming up next. We'll be back with you tomorrow morning at six a.m. Guest tomorrow, Xavier Scruggs. Let's go. Aztecs game. It's a sports nirvana. In the woods, I'm Ben. Have a great rest of your day. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.